So I move into the center lane. Now I get ahead of this woman who felt, for some reason, I guess, that she thought that I cut her off. So she pulls up alongside of me, gives me the finger. It seems like such a arbitrary, ridiculous thing to just pick a finger and you show it to the person. It's a finger, what, what does it mean? Someone shows me one of their fingers and I'm supposed to feel bad. Is that the way it's supposed to work? I mean, you could just give someone the toe, really, couldn't you? I would feel worse if I got the toe than if I got the finger. Because it's not easy to give someone the toe. You gotta get the shoe off, the sock off, and drive, get it up in the... Look at that toe, buddy. I mean, that's really insulting to get the toe, isn't it? So, we're back with episode three from Seinfeld season one. It is The Stakeout. Debuted on May 31st, 1990, written mm -hmm. by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld, directed by Tom Sharonis. The basic plot of this one, it's based on an event that happened to Larry David. He didn't want to flirt with a woman in front of his ex. <laughs> they were like at a party or something, very sure. similar to this. The ex, that's the friend. That's the friend, that's the only okay. yeah. And he had to figure out how to, he knew where she worked, so he literally did this he oh my god but that's what i mean he's so strange that it, it just fits to have him, his personality in this right this is the first we get the first mention of our vandalay here we get the casting of the parents here we'll talk about some of that stuff when we get into it but this is the stakeout so let's get right into it it starts with stand up about supermarket checks and women being quick with the checkbook at the supermarket right I can't imagine, like, this is a very, this is stand-up of its time, because I can't imagine a lot of people still pay with checks. I would imagine only old people. At the supermarket? Well, the old, or maybe... Like, very yeah, old. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, is it more if you're a um, poorer person, but I don't know if that would be true, if you'd have a checkbook. So I would guess it would be older people. No, I just think older people. I put that his suit jacket looks ridiculous. <laughs> You are so obsessed with his suit jacket. I need to see this one. Oh, yeah. It looks ridiculous. It's It looks... I can't tell exactly what it looks like, but it looks like he's got stars all over his suit jacket. Oh, it kind of does. I mean, I think it's the... I don't know what style you'd call this. It looks like stars. Like, here's his galaxy jacket. <laughs> it looks like stars. Or it's supposed it to like be like... Is it like tweed? Is that, yeah, is that maybe it's what a tweed. it's supposed to be? I don't, know I don't what like it, is. it. But it looks ridiculous. I don't know if it's, it's it he was does in like, fashion at the time. Yeah, he does like to mix patterns together, too. So he's got his galaxy jacket, and then he's got... I don't know, it looks like... To me, it looks like graduation hats on his tie. So it's kind of, they're just black squares, but it looks like a gra like graduation yeah. hats. It's, it's a ridiculous outfit. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But regardless, I don't know what this has to do with the rest of the show. This stand up, but I, I guess it's don't to be more like a no. differences between men and women, maybe. Probably. I mean, the last one I figured out. This one I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Maybe when we get through, go through it, I'll understand better. You know, okay. okay. But let's let yeah, let's just uh, let's let's, uh, let's, let's go, in. let's go. So the first scene is Elaine and Jerry, and this was the first episode aired of the new episodes, not male unbonding. 
Right. So this was the first look the audience had of Elaine, which is kind of weird because it's out of order for one. And for two, they're just in this video store and like the conversation gets weird. But this was Elaine's first appearance for the audience in 1990. Sure. But they are looking through a movie store looking for something to rent because they're this is what you did back then in the day, kids. You went to the video store to look for something to rent, which was fun. Oh, yeah. It really was fun. I liked doing that. In fact, we have done that recently, but now the store closed finally, so now we can't go to it again. (laughs) I mean, I still sort of do it when it comes to the streaming services, because I will spend an hour and a half watching the trailers. I mean, you kind of have to. Everything that's available, and then not watching anything at all at the end of it. Or, oh, I could watch something new, but I'll probably just watch the same thing that I Over I and over again, yeah. yeah. They make a joke about the porno section, which is odd that it's just kind of out Just right the there. Open. Doesn't even have a sign. Doesn't have anything. <laughs> There's doesn't not have... a sign. Well, like, they There's used to put... Curtain. I was going to say, they used to put just blockers over the front of each disc and, like, or, like, VHS tape or whatever it was. I do want to know this, though. I do need to know this. Because we were kids when video stores were prominent, so we weren't the people that would be buying this stuff. No. Who, in their right mind, rented a porno from a video store? I don't know. I get it today. If you're a lonely old man and you rent a porno off your cable or the internet. That's more private. You're saying because this is a very public thing. You literally had to take a, a video cassette. And you handed it to another human being yep. who then scanned it and handed it back to you. Yes. And they knew what your intention was with that video cassette. Yeah. I just, I cannot imagine the mindset that it would take to do that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's whole adult video stores that aren't regular stuff mixed in and everything it's just for adults so like i could see you going there if you're that kind of a person but yeah everyone, i don't know you're there, in a regular everyone there knows the score <laughs> right the adult video store right i don't know i don't know i think it's a weird situation i think it's also weird though that elaine goes this is a great birthday gift for my friend but a, fu- a funny gift she thinks it's like a funny gift. I mean, it's get. not even like a bachelorette party. It's not something of that nature. No, it's just a birthday present. Maybe she's really into movies, though. So, well, like, do you it's... think it? Do you think it's like a spoof movie? Is it a spoof well, movie? Because here, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you be. this story. All right, in college, my friend did get another one of my friends a spoof porno movie. Sure. One of her favorite movies. I couldn't tell you what it is now, but it was yeah. funny because it was like, oh, this is the favorite movie, but it's the porno version of it. And maybe, yeah, like, maybe that's why it would be a funny gift. Because they're making the joke about, well, what does your son do? Well, he's a public fornicator. Like, <laughs> yeah. I do agree, though. It is weird that she thinks it would be a funny gift. Like, that's the unless... first thing she thinks of. Yeah. Does she end up buying that for she has it in her arms. She takes at the end of the scene. She still has it, right? I'm assuming it's probably the gift that they have wrapped up and is on that table in front of her. And now she has to open it in front of everybody. Yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. very strange. Very <laughs> odd. Never buy me a porno. Nobody, anybody listening who knows me, never buy me a porno. I don't think it's funny. I think it's gross. <laughs> I don't know if I would think that the and I'd be gifts are funny. 
I'd be embarrassed by it. I remember that we would think the weirdo stuff would be funnier, but you don't want to have that in your possession. Nah. So Elaine brings up the fact that that people are going to be there for this birthday party. Jerry does not want to go to it. Jerry's like, because Elaine's obviously trying to get Jerry to go with her. Right. So she doesn't go by herself. But he says that he'll go if she goes to a family wedding with him. Which I, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that the wedding is a bigger deal to have to go to than a birthday party. It is. It's a, it's a lot more intimate because of their family there. Absolutely. Pictures, family. It's a family wedding. It's not a friend's wedding. Yeah, but it's wedding. like a cousin it's or something. It's a family like, not, wedding. He doesn't actually have to be in a photo or anything like that. I, <laughs> I didn't get that. I'm just saying pictures in general. They go around taking pictures of everything at the wedding. I'm just saying. But she agrees because there's a lot of people to mock. That's where he gets her. He's like, there's a lot of people to mock. Yeah, that's 100% which, the only reason you go to a wedding. I mean, I have gotten people to go with me to weddings for that exact reason. <laughs> I remember specifically one where I made, I actually made my friend's girlfriend at the time. I was like, you're going to come with me to this wedding. And it's going to be, you'll enjoy it because it was a Polish wedding. And there was like an obscene amount of people there sure so there was plenty for us to mock so oh my god but i have done that on occasion where you know you're gonna come with me we're gonna you'll have a good time like, right of course you will. exactly um, well you did that with my uh my maid of honor too you guys had to sit next to each other at the table and yeah, you said oh good i want to sit next to her because wedding. we're just gonna yeah. mock people and make fun That's of everything right. yeah yes she'll be <laughs> i don't know exactly what show she'll do or what, I have what no idea. Oh, she's obscure, I would think. So we'll, we'll yeah, find it, out. It would be a good guess to have, I think. <laughs> um, we go to the party. I wrote Elaine's hair is huge. Yeah, she does have like, big hair. She has this big poof of hair at this party. I guess that was the style of the time. Well, um, I, she permed hair anyways, right? She's got big poof Yeah, she's hair. got the perm poof. Yeah, definitely. And, Which, do people uh, still perm their hair? Is that like a thing? Nah, I don't think so. I really don't think a, I don't lot, really of it, know. a lot of people do that now. It was the style in the eight, late 80s, early 90s, though. Right. Uh, it could be coming back. Hair. It could be coming back. I'm not a big fan of it. I hope someone, it doesn't. Someone, okay, there was a thing. <laughs> there was a thing going around about crimping your hair. Mm-hmm. And now, now it's going around. When we were younger, I did have I a crimper. I don't know what that means. You, you have, like, a crimper, and it would have, like, these bumps in it where it would make very prominent waves that were very measured so you could definitely see where those, mm. like, bumps were and ridges in your hair. It wasn't, like, mm. messy, so it was, like, really pretty, like, curly everywhere and not... It was, like, here's this line in my head of a wave and then another wave, and it was very lined. Apparently... Uh-huh. Some kid had, like, I'm going to say kid because anything younger than me is a kid, got their hair crimped and were, like, fascinated by it. And I'm like, oh, God. This is a TikToker or something? I guess, yeah. And bedazzling. Like, all of these, like, these two things. And they had weird names for it. And I'm like, that's just crimping your hair. And that's just bedazzles. I don't quite understand the fascination. It was a horrible idea. And now it's going to come back. Well, everything comes back, and everything was a horrible idea. Well, she just has her hair up. You were saying it's poofy. It's just up in a bun. Oh, okay. It's just up in a bun. Yeah. 
Still, it's poofy. It's poofy. Yeah, it's poofy. It's poofy. It's up. It's kind of cute. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Jerry does this awkward, I didn't bring anything. I didn't realize I was supposed to bring anything. <laughs> here's, <laughs> like, he, but like, here's this <laughs> mistake. He tells the person, I didn't bring you anything. You didn't. Why are you bringing it up? Just sit down. I've been there, though. I remember a friend of mine had a housewarming party, and I went with my Elaine, except we never dated. But she is just one of my... She's my other sister. And she brought the gift. And I was like, should I say I didn't bring anything? No. Because, <laughs> like, I didn't pay for this. She was the one that, brought, that bought the gift. I yeah. didn't pitch in with it with her. Sure. So I just didn't say anything. But I, it's more of my George in me that was like, well, maybe they'll think I bought it too. Like, yeah, we'll just put my like, name take, on that. Just throw my name on there. Take like half the credit. There, yeah. <laughs> and there's a woman across from Jerry where they sit down and she has a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. He realizes she's pretty. She's interesting. He starts to have this internal monologue. We get Jerry's internal monologue here yes. for the first time. And he's trying to maneuver how he's gonna flirt with her right because he's sitting next to elaine right and he doesn't want to flirt with her while he's sitting next to elaine at the same time elaine is trying to elaine keeps interrupting his attempts to talk to this woman by telling him about a dream <laughs> she had talk about a weird dream she had of where jerry, jerry had wooden teeth, teeth. <laughs> and uh, it sounds like girl... something i would do yeah, I feel like I would do that, and I would turn and be like, I have to tell you this story about, like, this dream I had of you. Hold on a second. I don't normally mind when people your tell me weird dreams they had, but it is one of those things where dreams and fantasy football teams, I am fascinated about my own. <laughs> I probably don't care about yours. Sure. Oh, man. Uh, but I do like hearing about people's weird dreams. I, I like telling people about the weird dreams that I have where, yes. it, where it involves them. Right. So I get it. I get why she tells him the story, but it is funny that she's just telling him this banal story that he doesn't want to care. He doesn't give a shit about. No. And he has this. Because he wants to flirt with this woman. Well, he has this look on his face. And the only thing, the, reason, the like way I can like describe it is he's like tight. He kind of looks constipated because he's just keeping his like. <laughs> yeah, he's gritty. He's got his teeth gritted. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he just looks so. I'm trying to do something. Yeah, he wants tight to tell face. Elaine to leave him alone so he can flirt with this woman. Right. But he can't let Elaine know that he wants to flirt with this woman. Right. Because it makes him uncomfortable to think about it. Exactly. I just, like, and... if you watch it without the inner monologue talking, it looks so weird. You look weird, <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> that he, yeah, that he looks really awkward. Yes! The girl, I think, keeps giving him the same looks. She's trying to get him to flirt with her. To talk. We talk about signals in the pilot. She clearly is interested in talking to Jerry. Right. Because Jerry's making his little jokes and stuff. You yeah. Know, his little comedy routine. I couldn't um, tell when he goes, I'm a comedian. She goes, mm, that, that explains it. I couldn't tell if there was a hint of, oh, great, you're a comedian. Or if it was, a, oh, I'm kind of sarcastic about it. You know, but it's like, I still find that fun. I think it's the latter. I I'm think it's like, oh, it that is. explains why you're so witty. Sharp. Yeah. yeah. But it also could be, like, if I were to meet a comedian, uh, I don't know. I guess it depends. <laughs> you... you you hear a lot about comedians. You can put you me got in that your stereotypical act, comedian. Yeah, and you're just yeah. like, oh boy, you're a comedian. A Larry David, where it's like, oh, you're a fucking wreck. <laughs> like, 
It's like, oh boy. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I would want to date a comedian. No offense, any comedians out there. But I think it but, would be a little too much for me. Too much. Because it'd be just constant, and you're just, I just can't right now. I just can't. <laughs> I just, I can't. I can't. Because they're either Jerry, where they're always trying yeah, to they, be Yeah, they're always on. They are never or off. Or they're Larry, where they're super neurotic and think that everything about them is a problem. Yes. <laughs> She says where she works, which is she's a, a lawyer. She works at Sagman, Sagman Bennett. I can't say it as fast as Jerry says it. So I'm just going to say it. Rachel, you can speed up my audio. Sagman Bennett Robbins Oppenheimer Taft. And he does Sagman Bennett Robbins Oppenheimer Taft. He's trying to remember it because right. it's the only piece of information that he gets about her. Exactly. Because she gets up because this other guy wants to leave that she's with. Well, yeah, and that she came with, yes. She leaves, and Jerry's like, saying when Ben and Robin's up in the Hyper Taft, turns and turns back to Elaine while he's trying to remember it, and Elaine just has this disgusted look on her face. And he has this tight grin on his face. <laughs> <laughs> and she's yeah, well, like, because he's trying to play it you? off, but he's trying to remember the name of the company. I mean, I've been there. You're trying to remember the one thing about a person that you're trying to remember for later. Right. Nowadays, it's more like I'd be trying to remember their name or school so I can find them on Instagram, like you said. You know, sure. you have to, like, remember something about them. So, ah, oh, like, I'm going to miss out on flirting right. with this person. Exactly. On the cab ride home, which is the fakest fake set I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this horrible carved out. They might as well be sitting on a couch. Sure. They probably are sitting on a couch. But Elaine It's probably tells... just like a, a futon. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it is, like a futon with a green screen behind it or something. Right. It's probably the most expensive shot of the show. <laughs> uh, Elaine tells Jerry that she's mad at him, and she's clearly, she's a bit mad he was flirting while she was well, there. Well, was it, was it the flirting? I think it was more like, you weren't listening to me. Oh, because you were ignoring. Yeah, yeah, you weren't listening to me. I don't think it comes up that he, it was the, it was weird that you were flirting with somebody in front of me until later. She says later, though, in the episode that she was, it was kind of quite the spectacle. She wasn't prepared right. for it. Right, right. But in this moment, it's because you weren't listening to me. He was ignoring You were her. too busy doing that, but I'm not going to say with that part one. of it yeah it's okay. just that you weren't listening to me okay yeah i can see that i can see that right so we get a little bit of stand-up about the platonic relationship and how plato came up with it and named it after himself i was like all right it's fine it was, yeah it was plato wasn't it? it wasn't pluto for some reason i kept thinking he said pluto and not plato but plato makes more sense plato. than pluto it is it's named after plato right and I guess we could do a little bit of, let's educate the audience here. Let's educate you all on a platonic relationship and where that came to term. And it was from Plato. Mm -hmm. Platonic love. A love that is not sexual. Except Plato never used the term himself. It is named after Plato. So why is it named after Plato? I do not know. Folks at home? Let us know. I think it's because in Plato's Symposium, the idea of loving someone without it being sexual in nature and not familial in nature is one of his theories. But I don't think he ever called it. He never named it after himself, which is what he Jerry's jokes are. He just had a theory. Are. Yeah. So anyway, we go back to Jerry's apartment and his parents are there in his bed. Except for, I think they're just on the pullout couch. Here's what's I, weird. Yeah, it's definitely a pullout coach. I can't tell 
if what we're supposed to think is that Jerry lives in an apartment with no bedroom and he uses the pullout bed. Oh, maybe that's what it is because he says bed, my bed. Because he's staying at Kramer's is what we learn here. I and think I that's thought, what it is. I thought that he was just staying at Kramer's because he doesn't want to stay with his parents. That's what I would have thought. Yeah. And he makes a joke that Kramer's making a booyah base. Right. But what's different about season one compared to every other season is that you can't see where Jerry's bedroom would be. Right. So I think they're trying to say he lives in an apartment without a bedroom. He lives in a a studio studio apartment. apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Which seems odd for him to do. I think it's odd. Because obviously in future seasons he has a bedroom. There's a bedroom that comes off of the main room. Right. And then there's the, the bathroom. Well, here's my other thought then. He has it turned in the the living room so mm. that it's like the back of it is up against or near the island, right? In the kitchen. Yep. Does he have to move the couch every so night so that it fits so he can sleep? Because that's obnoxious. Yeah, I mean, I in reality, I think they do it because for framing. Sure. It's a framing device. No, that makes sense. However, it makes yes. me think of that. But in the reality of the show, I mean, but again, it's a continuity thing where it's like, well, they don't, it doesn't have it, a, it, it, there's no bedroom there. Right. And then there's suddenly a bedroom there. He didn't, yeah, let's, I'm going to knock down the wall and make another bedroom in here. <laughs> I don't think that happened. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that happened. I'm just saying, why does, would he have to move the couch every night so that he could sleep? That's all I'm saying. We should mention then to... Who is Jerry's parents? Yes. So Jerry's mom, played by Liz Sheridan, and it's played by Liz Sheridan for the rest of the series. Yep. And Jerry's dad is being played by Phil Bruns. Yeah. Rachel, what's your thoughts about the this Jerry's dad here? It doesn't fit. As Morty. It really doesn't fit. I don't think it fits. I think it was weird. I forgot that there was a different dad. Yeah, just for this episode. And I'm just like, oh, you're the dad. You don't make sense to be his dad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but I'm just used to the other one. So Barney Martin plays Jerry's dad going forward. I don't think that Phil Bruns is bad in this. Oh, no, he's not bad. I think he's a good dad in this. I think what's weird, though, is it, it does, he doesn't have the same energy no. that Barney Martin brings to this character. Right. Because he, Barney brings to Morty this, a character that's, <laughs> that's a lot more loud. Oh, yeah. A little bit more <laughs> like, boisterous, a little yeah, bit more Just confident. a louder character. Yeah. And I like that more. Well, to, it, to it makes more of... sense than where Jerry came from. Right, because... To have a very loud, like, having very loud parents and then yes. being this comedian makes more sense to me than this very softer father figure. Yes, because it's, it's more like, I don't know. They do seem, they, they, they did have, they did fit. Phil Bruns and Liz Sheridan play off each other fairly well. Sure. But Helen, Liz Sheridan can get loud and boisterous and be like, what's the problem? I don't understand the problem. Right. Like, she can do that. And I don't think that Phil Bruns could do that. And you need that for future episodes. Right. And Um, I I like the idea of them being loud at each other, too. 
and Jerry yes. trying yes. to get a word in. And you can't Definitely. get that with this character, with yeah, this actor. Morty needs to shout. Morty needs to be like, you gave the pen to him. It's his pen. Right. You need to have that. So anyway, they're talking about this dilemma where Jerry's asking his dad, do you think it's possible if they went in to, if he went into this place, would they be able to tell him who works there? And can he figure out who this is? And he couldn't bring up the name because it's Elaine's friends and he can't ask one of the friends because if he asked one of the friends, Elaine will find out. I like this little bit because I thought it was nice to see this an honest relationship conversation yeah between him and his parents yeah because i feel like then and even now they would be making this conversation where neither side is comfortable with having this conversation right they'd be like making it a joke that like oh it's oh i can't be talking about you know a love life or anything like that with my parents well he does bring up the oh we weren't sexually compatible and the mom kind of has this like yes yes look. no that's true that's true that's <laughs> like oh that's why <laughs> but i also do think it's nice that they're able to talk about the relationship oh yeah there's still the other parts of the relationship yes and he brings that up without hesitation yes to them and I do kind they of do like have an that. open relationship where they can actually talk about things. They can talk about that because I do think that in reality, it's not. I mean, we know our mom. I mean, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Last time I was home, I had to go through Match.com with her again. <laughs> oh, but geez. I do think it's a little more realistic to not have somebody be like, "Oh, I can't talk about my boyfriend or girlfriend with." My, my parents. parents yeah it just seems a little stupider i did write down too that they did hesitate when they talk about the physical attraction but but they did fight a lot that's what we get about why they broke up they fought a lot right and i and did fighting like the... in a relationship versus fighting in a friendship is different oh we, well yeah definitely and then helen tells jerry something that i have heard for at least 15 years now where helen tells jerry that he's too you're too particular you can't be so particular are you going to tell me I haven't heard that, sister? I'm not saying, no, I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> Who has said that to me? I didn't say that to you. Mom You've says said that, that to you. To... Oh, mom says it to me all the time. I'm just but... saying that you kind of have to give some people a chance sometimes, and you won't even do that. <laughs> That's different. You... Folks at home, do you see what I deal with? Do you see this? Yeah, folks at home, you probably agree with me. Sometimes you have to give a person a chance. Sometimes you have to go out on a limb and be like, all right, well, let's try this. We've already discussed in previous <laughs> renditions of the Seinfeld part of this episode. We'll go play some skee-ball. We'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> I think that would be swipe right on Swipe right on the Kevins that you find, folks. It might be me. Oh. And, and that, yeah, so there you go. <laughs> if, you, if you like Unless this we're, personality. If we're, if we're using our real names. But <laughs> That's true. I'll have to put, I'm going to have to put... I'm just going to have to put in my profile half of the host of Shelf Life podcast. Maybe that's a way to bring up some buzz for our what? podcast. If I put in our, in my profile half of the host what of does that Shelf mean? Life. Because we were hosting the podcast. So if I put that in my profile that I'm oh, a yeah. half host. Oh, co-host. Yeah. Half yes, host co-host. Sounds, that's co what I meant. Half, half host, host sounds was weird. Where, where I, that's where I was losing you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I co-host Shelf Life. People might be like, what's that? Ooh, what's that? 
even if they swipe left on me. Maybe they'll go check it out. I like that the dad then says, like, yeah, Jerry, you wouldn't be here if I was too particular. You kind of get where Jerry's humor comes from. Like, right, because they like to tease each other. Yeah. And that is kind of Jerry's jokes a lot of the times with friends, is that's just that tease. Yeah, 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 those little sarcastic which is, teases. Which is what I do. Yeah, this goes, is this is where I got my humor from with my friends, definitely, yeah. is Jerry, because I like to tease my friends all the time. That's how I show my friendship and love for people, is teasing them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we do the same thing to our dogs a lot. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> um... But I think at some point Elaine says that, does everything have to be so funny with you? <laughs> but see, that's my that's my point. I don't think I could date a comedian because it's like, okay, right. com- like yeah. pull it back a little bit. Let's, And then he just can't because he's Jerry. They think that he should just ask Elaine. But when he says he can't, the dad comes up with the idea of the stakeout. And Jerry thinks that actually might work. So we come back, and Jerry and George are in this office building by an elevator, and they're waiting for the girl. They go back to this Lonnie Anderson reference. Rachel, do you know who Lonnie Anderson is? Because I, I know the will name? admit I didn't know who Lonnie Anderson is. I feel like I know the name, but I don't know anything about her. So I looked it up because they're talking about not everybody needs to be Lonnie Anderson. You have to look at old pictures of Lonnie Anderson. And even then, so she was an actress. She was on WKRP Cincinnati. She big hair. Yeah, it's like a blondie bombshell type of person. I think she, she dated or married to Burt Reynolds. Well, they always, they, yeah, they have her like next to Burt Reynolds a lot. Yeah. So I guess it's just a, it's an old timeier reference to an well, actress like, that people would have known then. I mean, I guess so it's, it's Burt Reynolds, right? Too. So you got Burt right. Reynolds on the one side and Lonnie Anderson on the other. They are the heartthrobs, right, of Hollywood. Sure. I'm guessing. In the seventies. What's the comparison now? Who would that be? Who is the couple? The it couple. I, is there an it couple right now? Could it? Is it Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively? I guess. Because I, I think they're I both very put, attractive. Yeah, I don't know if I would put... Is Ryan Reynolds a, a Burt Reynolds? They're both he is the sexiest man alive. Well, they both have the last name Reynolds, <laughs> so we're going to go with that. Oh, that's true! Ryan Reynolds, Burt Reynolds, perfect. <laughs> I, I was going to say, it could have been... What's the, what's the guy that does the voice? Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani? Like, that type of... No. That could be one, too? No. 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 I guess. Rachel says no. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe. Well, because I would so, not bring up the Kardashians. 100%. I don't think any of them are married anymore. That's true. But see, the, I mean. Rest in peace to that, whatever that. Did they have a celebrity name? I didn't. I don't know if they had a celebrity name. Kanye and Kim. They didn't have a I don't, Kim did Ye. they? Is it Kim Ye? Kim Ye I thing? think it is. I think it is Kim Ye. Well, you know, with their, Kim Ye. With their, um, their compass children compass children yeah north south east and west i don't know what the hell they're i don't know how many they've had but i mean i know we know that one of them was north yeah because northwest yeah so they're compass children (laughs) so anyway i don't know how the hell we got on that but lonnie lonnie anderson (laughs) so they have to come up with a reason why jerry's there and george says well just say i work in the building well, what do you do? I'm an architect. <laughs> he and immediately says, wants to be I don't, the architect. I don't see architecture coming from you. So this is the first we get of George wants to be an architect. Right. He wishes he was an architect. And that goes on throughout the series. It's it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. 
And then why are they there? Okay, well, what else? Well, we're having lunch with a friend. He works in the building. And what's his name? So the first name they come up with yes. is Art Corvalet. Art Corvalet. Art Corvalet. And what does he do? He's an importer. He's, he's an importer. <laughs> Imports no exports? Fine, he's an importer-exporter. He's an importer-exporter, okay. Well, what do you want me to say? I just wandered in here? We're having lunch with a friend. He works in the building. What is his name? Bert Harbinson. Bert Harbinson. Bert Harbinson. Right. It sounds made up. Okay. All right. Um, Art Core. Art Core. Valet. Corvalet? Yeah, right. What does he do? He's an importer. Just imports, no exports? He's an importer-exporter, okay? So we get the importer-exporter. We get the Corvalet, which yep. becomes Vandalay because the woman comes out of the elevator and George freaks out. Yep, he spazzes. And he's like, wait, who am I again? You're you. Wait, no, who are we here to see? Art Vandalay? No, Corvalet. <laughs> I love that George freaks out here. Oh, yeah. like, he... He thinks he's he, going to be the cool, like, I can do this. This is easy. Well, because he's so... He gets so comfortable with lying all the time, but here he freaks out. Right. He isn't as comfortable with lying as he would be in the future. Sure. I feel like I've been in this situation before where you got to kind of come up with an excuse, but you're doing it with a friend. I mean, Rachel, you and I have had to do this before. And it's like stupid crap where it's like, you know, we need to come up with a reason why we need to get the new time for the movie theater. Oh, or yes. <laughs> like, we need to have a reason for it. So, like, yeah, because you're like, this, I don't like... really want to tell the truth. So let me yeah. come up with this other Because the truth is embarrassing. So, like, yeah. here's something that makes more sense. And then this teenager who doesn't give a shit will have, won't, I won't have to be embarrassed or whatever. Right. Even though but, they like, could in this care less. Like, in this situation, you do have to come up with a good idea. Well, yeah, because um, you're kind of stalking her at this point. He stops and learns Vanessa's name through the handshake. It's a smart play. Smart right. play. Absolutely. Oh, this is uh, my be- friend. And then the friend introduces yeah. themselves. And you they have to introduce themselves back. It's the right. perfect way of getting a, uh, a name out. Perfect way. Right. So we learn it's Vanessa. And I love George here because he goes, <clears throat> I'm a... Uh... I'm an architect. <laughs> really? Yeah. What do you design? Uh, railroads. Uh. I thought engineers do that. They can. <laughs> I'm George. I'm an architect. I'm an architect. He she says goes, it uh. unprovoked. You're right. And, and she goes, interesting. What do you build? <laughs> Because he couldn't leave well enough alone, she would not have asked him Oh, God, him no. That. Yeah. So now he has to perpetuate the lie even further. My God, you like, could have just been, like, in IT or some just random person like that. Nobody questions it. And he's like, uh, railroads. <laughs> like, yeah, railroads thought, is so weird. And then I she thought, immediately uh, knows. Yeah. Yeah, she said, I thought engineers do that. And he goes, they can. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's an option. 
<laughs> I love how confident he is. He knows he's full of it, but he has to be confident about his lying. Yeah, absolutely. And I do love that the the way that the studio audience reacts to this. The laugh. You get that producer laugh that... <laughs> you get that laugh out of it. Right. Because it's so good. Jerry kind of blocks George, like shields George away from the the conversation so that he can he can take over and we find out that the guy that she was with was her cousin yep and he goes and oh he the tell- cousin she's like yeah like i wanted you to know that too like, friend yep they both find out that they're available and he goes do you date immature men and she goes almost exclusively <laughs> so they they decide to go on a date it's cute it's a little meat it's a meat cute it's a good it story is. yeah it's a good story. Again, another something I should put for my dating profile of do you date immature men? Should be like. <laughs> so we cut back to Jerry's books. apartment. Huh? I read. Yeah, I read books. I read. No, I, I read. Books, Kevin. Oh. Big deal. <laughs> it just reminded me of that because it's like, oh, you read comic books. People would think that's immature for some reason. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't put that out anywhere. That's for sure. I don't know sure. why you shouldn't. Got to get to the fourth date before I even uh, mention anything about comic books. Oh my God. We get back to Jerry's apartment. He's playing Scrabble with his mom. Mm-hmm. Very relatable. And his mom has to pull up the dictionary to find a word. He's like, this is ridiculous. It's taking you forever to find this word. And Elaine left him a message. I loved it here. It felt like something grandma would do, didn't it? <laughs> Jerry's parents would be our grandparents' age, right? Okay. So- she pulls out this piece of paper with a note written on it. Yeah. It just felt like something I would see, you'd see grandma do. Like, Absolutely. Oh, by the way, they left you a message. And like, instead of it being, you know, nothing, like she does this. It's the message is she hopes that the meeting went well with Art Vandalay. <laughs> and immediately goes, hey, she knows. <laughs> yeah, she knows. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm such an ass. <laughs> so he realizes that the word got out that the word that the friend told another friend mm-hmm. told elaine of course so now elaine knows that he went through the trouble of trying to not tell elaine that he was going to at- try to find out who this woman was as jerry is telling this to his dad kramer is also here and kramer is helping his mom cheat <laughs> he comes up with a word for her and she's like, but if what if he has this other letter? And Kramer looks over at Jerry's letters and he turns back and shakes his head. It's this great, <laughs> it's this great background acting yeah. by Michael Richards here right. and Helen of doing this stuff. Right. And Jerry's basically like, well, what was her tone? Like, how did she say the message? And his mom's like, well, who am I? Rich Little? <laughs> Rich Little, who was an impressionist? Sure. I don't know exactly why that makes it the well, joke. She- because, like, she would have to do the impression of oh, Elaine, I like guess. If I, okay, I got it. Okay. Like, okay. what do you want me to do? Do, like, say it yeah, the you way want me she to, said you want it? Me to do that? Okay. Oh, You're tell right. him. I hope that the meeting with Art Vandalay went well. That's I probably can see how she's Elaine said it. saying it, though. I can see, yeah, yeah. Because it's just like, oh, yeah, that meeting with Art Vandalay. Okay. Right. right. <laughs> and she can't be too mad, I think the dad says, because she's coming to the wedding. Which makes sense. If she was mad at him, she wouldn't come. But maybe if she feels like, well, Jerry did go to the birthday dinner, so I'll go to the wedding still, even though I'm mad at him. Right. I don't know. What would you do, Rachel, in this situation? Would you go to the wedding still? I don't think she's mad at him. 
I think it's just that weird, like, oh, we had an awkward thing happen. She's not like, oh, I'm not going to the wedding with you because you weren't listening to me at my friend's birthday party. That wouldn't happen. Sure. So I would well, think... Well, but they're, they are in this awkward situation right it now. It is. they're trying a... to navigate their friendship. Sure. Sure. So here's my thing. I don't... I'm not friends with any exes. That's not going to happen. But... <laughs> No. Yeah, you had some winners in that group. No, I did not. Not any. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, but if I were in this situation where like, oh, okay, I I have a friend that, you know, I used to date or we dated like once or twice. Okay. And they want me to go to the wedding. And now I'm in this awkward situation where he wants to date a person I know. No, I'd still go to the wedding because we're still friends. And that was kind of, and that was an agreement. We made an agreement. That wasn't part of if, if something weird and, yeah, awkward that enough happened, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'm not going to go with you. But this, I don't think, is awkward enough because it's just something that is going to have to be a normal thing. Mm-hmm. It has to be a normal thing. You're friends. You're not dating. You're going to date each other, like other people. It's got to be normal. Right. Well, and that's where we had toward anyway. About it having to be normal later on. While this is happening, Kramer gives Helen a, a word to put down, and it's quone. <laughs> the word quone. And Jer- Jerry's like, that's not a word. That is not a word. And Kramer's like, quone. To quone something. <laughs> and they look it up, and it's not in the dictionary. And Kramer's like, we need a medical dictionary. <laughs> if a patient gets difficult, you quone them. <laughs> Which I'm sure is not really a thing. But no, it's I a made-up word. So for our friends and our listeners that are listening, if you're part of the medical field, I want you to start using the word quone if you have a difficult patient. Yeah, just just turn to your just coworker say and say, quone them. just at, like, no, you know, we just have to quote them. And then just leave it at that. I yeah. bet your person that you said that to will just be like, yeah, you're right. That's what we have to do. <laughs> because they don't want to go, what does that mean? <laughs> And it'll just start becoming a thing. I'd like it to become a thing. I think it's a perfectly cromulent Absolutely. word. Absolutely. To, to quote them. You gotta Very quote cromulent. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like that little Scrabble bit. I think it's funny. No, it's It cute. has really nothing to do with the show, but it's funny. But that's the show. Right. That's the, that's the, the... show. <laughs> it gets established that family's gonna come over to Jerry's apartment before going to the wedding. Okay. So the next scene is before the wedding... And it's the family doing stuff you'd expect. They'll keep going, oh, what kind of stand-up do you do, Jerry? I'm probably over New York accenting this. A little I feel bit. Like they're, I feel like that they're trying to do that a little bit. One of the guys comes up and is like, oh, don't say anything bad. This guy will put it in your act. It's the typical <laughs> family stuff. We all get it with whatever our respective jobs are, right? That's, yeah. That's how your family can open a conversation with you. Right. I think every single time we see relatives, it's going to be like, oh, are you still doing... Such blah, and such. blah, blah. Right. And I feel like that's just kind of the way that your conversation starts, right? Um, yeah. I, I remember always talking... want to talk about work, though. It's just like, oh, don't bring up work. I remember talking <laughs> to, the, to the people at work, and the one guy was going to a wedding back home where he's from during COVID. Okay. And I remember when he came back, he was like, it was because I was like, oh, how was the wedding? And he was like, you know, you kind of run out of stuff to talk about because when they're like, oh, what are you up to? And you're like, same as you, I've been in my house for a year. Right. <laughs> what, do you want me to, what do you want me to say? 
So it has even made it that difficult. I mean, we're they're just not as creative as we are. We oh, started, yeah, we a, started podcast. a podcast. We started a podcast. <laughs> That's right. I've we done took a lot advantage of hobbies. Of, I was we like, did, yes. we took advantage of this situation. I'm home. I'm doing hobbies. I don't That's have to right. drive to work yes. anymore. We started the most important thing in your life during <laughs> the not your life, the listener's life during the pandemic. No, 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 I agree. Yes. Their lives have been changed for the better now. That's right. Because you have at least three hours if on every more. subject, <laughs> if not more, for every uh, for every episode. Never less. So anyway, his uncle is writing a book. We hear, you need to come to my office to get your material. You need to come to my office. Those people are characters. All this stuff, as you'd assume. And Jerry does kind of a fake intro with Elaine. Because Elaine shows up and Jerry's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go talk to Elaine. And he does like a... Jerry Seinfeld, and she does Elaine Bennis, which I think is a little bit of a way for us to get the audience at home that doesn't know Elaine yet to get her name. Oh, yeah, like to get the full name and everything. Because he says it again later. He goes, Elaine Marie Bennis. Right, yeah. And he asks her, do you want to talk about this now or do you want to talk about this later? And they're like, let's talk about this now. And they vent, they hash it out. Elaine says she was mad because she never saw him flirt like that before. Sure. She just wasn't used to it. Which I think this conversation just didn't happen yet, and that's why it's even more awkward for them. Right. This is the first time they've they've discussed it. Right. I don't get this joke that happens here. So his cousin interrupts them, and he gets mad because he's like, oh yeah, this is already Levine. And he goes, Levine. Yeah, all mad. Like, he gives them, like, this little pissed off face about it. And when they finally leave, Jerry's like, yeah, right, and I'm Jerry Camp." And I don't know why it's a joke that pronouncing it wrong and then Jerry being like, I'm Jerry Cougar Mellencamp is a thing. I, okay, so apparently. Okay. Is this a Jewish thing? John J. Mellencamp, previously yes. known as Johnny Cougar. And right. Then no, I know Johnny that. Cougar Mellencamp. So I think, okay, so we know that that's like a big name change thing. So maybe it's like, oh, I'm trying to make my name sound more fancy or, you know, good. I can buy that. So like instead of Levine, it's Levine. You know, like, ooh, Levine, right? Yeah, yeah. So I I think that's what it is. I I like that. I like that idea. Okay. Because I was trying to figure out, oh, is is this something where his cousin's trying to make his name sound more more, uh, genteel than Jewish? Oh, maybe that too. It could be, possibly. But I couldn't. I didn't get it. Anyway. I also thought he was hitting on Elaine right in front of his wife. I thought that was weird. (laughs) (laughs) That's the part I was talking to. He just asked to be introduced. It was just the way it was said. I'm kind of like, step off a little bit, bud. Your wife is literally behind you. (laughs) So anyway, he admits that the whole thing was a little ridiculous to do the stakeout. And that if they're going to be friends, they have to agree to talk about other people. Yes. And they have a cute little awkward conversation where Jerry tries to pull out this man that Elaine might be seeing. He's a Wall Street guy yeah. oh. who happens to be pretty good looking. And he's hilarious. Yeah, and I do and love that's that. That's what hit Jerry. That's what hits Jerry where he gets offended because Elaine thinks that he could be funny. Right. <laughs> As opposed to Jerry getting to be the funny one in her life. Exactly. Which I think is all that Jerry really does care about. Is to be he the funny He wants to be one. the funny one. Yes. Yeah. He must be the funny one. Like Skinner in the B-sharps. He's the funny one. 
And that's the end of the show. The final stand-up is about relationships. Yep. And we head out on that note. That's really it. That's the end of the stakeout. Yep. Rachel, again, do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? No, I don't care. I can go first. It's okay. Okay. Go my, first. My thought with this one is that it it played out quick. It felt like a very quick episode. I don't know if it's yes. just because it's like, okay, we had this happen, then this happened, then this happened, this happened, summed it up, good to go. It just felt pretty quick. Everything happened. And the idea of doing the stakeout part is a little sketch to me. I, it feels <laughs> a little like stalking, but you know, it's it's supposed to be done in a cute way. It's not creepy, so it's okay, I think. <laughs> Plus she liked him I mean, too, Larry and they didn't really meet did each this. other. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. makes she, me. You could tell that she wanted to meet him. Right. And so... then not not in like a oh well she wanted to meet me so I'm gonna creepily. St-. Well, yeah. You know, so I'm hoping that Larry wasn't creepy about it. <laughs> for a meet cute for a romance thing, I think it was it was fine. And they did get to meet, and then nothing comes of it. But yeah, it's good. <laughs> but I think the whole point was that platonic relationship with him and Elaine. That was the bigger point to this entire episode. And I, I like that they we got Elaine in it, and I really, really like her character. So I'm okay with how she yeah. was introduced with this episode. Yeah, I mean, she was in the one scene in Mail and Bonding, but again, that aired later. But even if we go in the order that we're doing this, which is the sure. production order, the right order, the story order, you don't learn a lot about Elaine no, other than they is, used to date. Right, so you get more of her in this one, and I like that. I think it's a, it's definitely a character episode that establishes Jerry and Elaine's relationship. The convo by the elevator to establish our Vandalay, the important. Yes, that was great. Always, All them. that stuff is really good. I think it has a lot of good stuff in it. But again, it, it, because it's a, one of these first season Seinfelds, it's like, that was good. That was fun. It's a, that it's was a, funny. It's a base. Yeah, it's funny. It's We brought in new characters. Here's all your other characters. Here's kind of how they interact with each other. Here's the yeah. thought, you know? That's kind of well, how it feels. I'll, I'm going to... Well, it's not maybe tightened fully, this. but it's there. Maybe I should save this for the end of season one. I would say, when it comes to all five of these episodes, I think they're all serviceable to good. Mm-hmm. And I really think it's when they had to write even more episodes that you start to get a couple of clunkers in the right. second or third season. Sure. Because it's just that I could see some people saying these are boring. Yeah. Potentially. Because nothing, nothing of total substance happens. happens. Yeah. But I think that they're funny enough. And I like the conversations that they have in here. And that, that's included in this one. Right. So that's the stakeout. We are through three episodes of Seinfeld season one. And we will continue our journey through the Seinfeld universe with the robbery after we take a short break. I got ripped off for about the 18th time. And now the first couple of times you go through it, it's very upsetting. And your first reaction or one of your friends will say, call the police. You really should call the police. So you think to yourself, you know, you watch TV, you think, yeah. I'm calling the police. Stakeouts, manhunts. I'm going to see some real action. Right? You think that. So the police come over your house. They fill out the report. They give you your copy. Now, unless they give the crook his copy, I don't really think we're going to crack this case. Do you? It's not like Batman where there's three crooks in the city and... 
Everybody pretty much knows who they are. Very few crooks even go to the trouble to come up with a theme for their careers anymore. It makes them a lot tougher to spot. Did you lose a Sony? It could be the penguin. I think we can round him up. He's dressed like a penguin. We can find him, he's a penguin. And we're back. Yep. After Rachel yawns. We're back. Hello. We're back with episode four of Seinfeld season one, The Robbery. Oh, robbery. An episode that took place, or that took place, that aired <laughs> on June 7th, 1990. It was the third episode, actually, that aired. This one, not written by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. This one is written by Matt Goldman, and it is directed by Tom Sharonis. Interesting. So our first venture away from the Larry and Jerry writing duo, and I think Tom Sharonis just directed everything. Okay. So, uh, Rachel, what's the robbery about? So... Just a quick summary. Jerry gets robbed. And, and he does. And then he tries to find a new place to live. Yes. New apartment. Yeah. Because, you know, you George... don't. Why would you want to stay in an apartment that's, you know, unsecure? Right. Jo- George brings the apartment to him. This is true. The, the opportunity. This here. is very true. And hijinks ensue. All the hijinks. <laughs> <laughs> as much hijinks as you get in Seinfeld season one. Where nothing happens. Right. Except for conversations between two people. Yeah. That's right. So, <laughs> I don't remember if I've mentioned this before. If I have, you can cut this out, Rachel. But if you notice on the DVD, as you go down the episode list, the you might have watched them all in a row, knowing you. Yes. But I watched them one at a time. And as you go down the list, the bowl of cereal that represents each episode gets less and less full. By the time you get to this one, there's not as much cereal in the bowl. I did not realize that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things. So you that should be eating like cereal do... while you're watching this, is what I'm being told. Yes. And folks at home, if you're listening to the, hopefully you're listening to this, you know, at your breakfast table as a family, like you should. But, you know, maybe get yourself a snack, a bowl of cereal, yeah, some milk. Yeah. Or just like Jerry, when it's two in the morning and you just got back from a gig or work or whatever, right. or you're just up because you are, have some cereal. I will say this. I was talking to a coworker a couple of weeks ago. He's a younger coworker. He's a Zoomer. Okay. Uh, All right. And he was, I don't remember how we got on the subject of, because there must have been some article where it was like millennials are killing the cereal industry or something like that. Or I millennials like don't like Millennials don't like eating cereal for they breakfast. They just say that about t- everything. Well, of course they do. Their reasoning here was that because it's too too much to clean up. Because then you have a dish that you have to clean up as opposed to like What the hell else are you bar. eating? Like a I make bar, eggs. I'm making a lot more dishes. Anyways. Well, you're, extra- <laughs> you're extravagant if you're making eggs. If I it's like a weekend, eggs. I'll make an egg. Well, I'm home I'm all the time, so. Egg on a weekday. <laughs> but the, the crux that he was saying was that he thinks of cereal as a snack. So he was saying he'll eat cereal as like a midnight snack. So I could see that that, that that brings me to this random thought here before we get into the episode, which is because the episode has nothing to do with cereal, I, but I <laughs> but we went on this tangent anyway. Is folks at home cereal, breakfast or snack or neither or I both? I want to know or both. Or both. <laughs> like here, are you obsessed with cereal? Do you just eat cereal at any time of the day? You could just go for a bowl of cereal. 
It's an any day treat. I mean, sometimes uh, I'll eat cereal without the milk. You know, you just have some like Cheerios. Or no, something. that's that's disgusting. That's you like just a have baby. Some Cheerios. Snack. It's good. That's though. what our friend who had. That's I see <laughs> one year olds. The one year old I saw a few weeks ago, she's eating Cheerios. Or well, not like plain fish. Cheerios. It has to be like the flavored one or like the frosted ones. Or something. You can't just have plain Cheerios. That is a baby meal. But if it's like a flavored one, it's like a snack. This is just a preview of when we have our Patreon and we do our episode <laughs> exclusively on cereal. We do our actual uh, shelf life. Yeah, expect things. that one. Put that one on the list. Cereal. That's <laughs> cereal. on the Patreon list. I mean, who knows? I mean, we'll see. We'll see at the end of this season if we want to continue to do shelf life or not. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's, that's right. up to you. That's up to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> No, even though not. we said we'll do this, we'll do this no matter what. I was going to say, we no don't really care. It's up to us. <laughs> well, if we had, if we have the top shelf Patreon club, it might. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into this. Let's get into the robbery. <laughs> Total diatribe. If on the DVD, there's like a little spiel about where they came up with the idea for this episode. So the idea here was that Jerry was getting robbed regularly at some point, And... What they would do is they would cut through the wall to rob him. He was in such a cheaper apartment. I don't know. I have no oh idea God. how that makes sense. That's that what sounds they say. creepy. I don't know how that's possible. Well, hey, when we get to Candyman, add that to the list. Ooh. That's part of the plot. Candyman, like kind of the original, the and then we'll also do Candyman, the new one. That's right. Yes, that's right. But we'll have to kind of remember that some of these older apartments, they were built cheaply or yeah, weirdly, like cardboard or like they were built to be one way or the other yeah exactly so i don't know if it's true or not but that's what they said on the dvd and then larry figured something out during this episode they don't really say what it was but he, there was like some sort of problem with either the plot or the production or something and larry just figured out a a, a way to solve it and the castle rock people the people that produced the show gave him a bonus and they gave him producer credit. So that was the point after that where he basically realized, like, okay, I can have some run with this show. I can be kind of the showrunner here. Okay. Which was his whole problem with it because he thought that he didn't have a lot of say. But Castle Rock was basically like, oh, okay, like, you solved this problem. You kind of do know at least you can control this show and we don't really care about this show anyway. So it's yours other thing that they talked about in those notes was there was an earthquake during the shooting but oh okay yeah. so this episode begins with some stand-up from jerry jerry is talking about getting the finger in traffic and how <laughs> he isn't very impressed when someone gives the finger in traffic right because it makes more sense to get something like the toe because it, would it take takes more effort. work yeah and i i really like this stand-up it still holds up really well to the idea of someone having to give you the toe because it's yeah rachel's giving me the finger now uh it's because it is it's more difficult it's just way more difficult oh she's giving me the toe now too. <laughs> oh, that's great so we start with jerry is packing for a trip and elaine compliments his packing performance and he's calling himself the master packer master is... packer so like a superhero I mean, this seems like a very Jerry thing to do because it's like, who, even I was watching the episode, like, why is he so proud of himself that he can pack the suitcase? And it's one of those things where it's so mundane, but because Jerry is Jerry, he yeah. finds it a very 
useful well, skill. I mean, think about it this way, though, too. He probably does go on a lot of trips. So you right. have to be to able to pack to well. Right, right. And it's usually probably like three-day trips. Maybe it's a four-day trip to do a few clubs in this town and then come home. So you do have to be efficient in your packing. Jerry is letting Elaine stay at his apartment. So Elaine asks for the keys. Right. And he has very particular rules about the place, which, again, is very Jerry. So he's like, if she brings a guy over, they have to do it in the tub. (laughs) (laughs) Which prompts me to say this, because we talked about in the first few episodes how he doesn't have a... We can't tell if he has a bedroom or not. In this one, you can tell he has a bedroom. He must, yeah. there's There's a distinct hallway leading to the bedroom exactly in this one kind of hidden into the corner little nook yeah nook and little little like little side place by the bathroom because we can see the bathroom all the time every time we're in his right. apartment but you can kind of see off to the side there is a route right to the bedroom and she is trying to stay away from her roommate because her roommate this is the point in time where elaine's roommate is a waitress slash actress or actress slash waitress and she yeah, which way is did she say it? it is it actress waitress or waitress I actress? Think george george says actress slash waitress and elaine's like waitress slash actress because i think she's <laughs> trying to say like she's not really a full-time actress she's more of a waitress that gets gigs sometimes right which is that's part hey that's part of the life man but she's up for some role in i think it's a chorus line so she's <laughs> singing around the house or around the apartment all the Ugh. time Yeah. I don't think we'll get into what a chorus line is because who could possibly care? But it's one of those, it's like, um, it's a play, it's a musical where people are trying to get onto a chorus line. So a lot of the, that's why the song, that's why the song that Elaine, because at first when I had watched this as a kid or whatever, and Elaine's going like, God, I hope I get it. I hope hope I I get get it. I thought that, I thought that the roommate was being even more obnoxious. Because she wasn't singing songs from the play. Yeah, she, she was, was just, just, just singing, singing to like warm up her vocals or whatever. Right, but that is actually from Chorus Line. <laughs> so it's a little, yeah, it's not as obnoxious, but it's still pretty obnoxious. It's obnoxious. About. It's still obnoxious. Because it's, I hope I get it, is obnoxious to just around the house the whole time. I mean, come on. And the whole concept of having a roommate, and it's stuff that Ugh. we'll talk about throughout <laughs> Simpsons, or throughout Seinfeld, or throughout anything where there's roommate dynamics. I have lived without a roommate for several years now. I haven't had a roommate since college, really. I mean, unless you count when I went back home, my parents being my roommate there for a little bit. Um, <laughs> So I enjoy it immensely. I can, Rachel, you've never lived by yourself. So I, I, I did I in know. college. I had, well, for a little bit, I not mean. for that long, but yeah. But you've had to, I assume getting annoyed by roommates because I love my college roommate, but we had to have annoyed each other at points. You just, you can't not. You're like up in each other's business all the time. Right. Being just with some person that you don't really like has got to be the worst thing in the world oh yeah i didn't have a very good roommate in college half the time it was okay well if i get up early enough i don't have to deal with them and then i can just go to the like and just be in the lab all night and not and then i get back and they're already sleeping so it's fine whatever (laughs) this all prompts elaine to tell George she's hoping that he can find something for her because, it, remember, George is in real estate. He's a real estate agent. He thinks it's hard to find something for her 
in her price range. So, which is weird because as the seasons go on, Elaine, I would say, definitely becomes the most put together of the four. Yeah, which is probably the most well off, even more. Maybe I would not, think so. Not as much as Jerry, but enough. Yeah, but she's definitely like the uh, up the corporate ladder. Yes. Sort of thing. Oh yeah, she does. Yeah, absolutely. But George does have something in mind for Jerry, and it would be twice what he's currently paying. Which tells you how cheap Jerry is. Yes. Because if, if he can go to an apartment where it would be twice what he's paying now. And he'd still be fine. And, he, and it's still affordable. <laughs> Granted, 1990, times were different. I'm sure, you know, you could get housing a lot cheaper than you could nowadays. But just anybody listening, Rachel, think about what, what you pay, what I pay in you know, like a mortgage. That'd be ridiculous to I... double the price that you're paying. Uh, just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, even if it was like rent, like imagine that. But, the house, so it just I mean, gives if, you... if, if it's housewise, that this house better be like three times as big for the double pay. I'm just saying. But for me, that is just a lot of character work to be able to say Jerry's cheap. He's in a he's exactly. in an apartment he does not need to be in. Right. He's there because he's comfortable and he doesn't want to spend a lot of money on it. Right. He leaves to go to do his shows because George is double pocked here. He goes super <laughs> New York on that line. He does. Uh, and when he gets back, the place has been ransacked. It's been robbed. Yep. Elaine. Every like all of his <laughs> electronics are gone and stuff. Is he just, sits like, down and turns on the TV as you would. Yeah. Everything's gone. And he shouts, Elaine, and Rachel, I want you to tell me what she was doing. Because she exits the bathroom with a plunger. So what happened that she's got a plunger in hand and she's like explaining to Jerry, like, the place got robbed and the police are on their way over. It just happened. Which would suck, right? If you, if the place got robbed a day or two ago, okay. But it just got robbed, well, I, maybe when she says it just got robbed, it could have been the night before, and she well, came in to so. check on the place, and it was like, what the hell? No, she was staying. She oh, she was, was staying. staying at the place. Okay. She was staying there. So and maybe she just got back from like, work then. Yeah, okay. Right. She Well, she says she was out shopping and came back. Okay. But what does she have the plunger for? Did, did she... I, there's only a couple reasons that she could have this plunger, and I don't know, and I won't, won't get too gross, but she either... She stocked this toilet up. Yeah, which is possible because if you're by yourself after having a roommate, maybe you're just, I'm just going to poo to my heart's content. Or... I don't even know what that means, but okay. <laughs> Neither do I. Do you but poop it more funny. when you're by yourself? <laughs> you don't? Who doesn't? What? Uh... <laughs> anyways. So anyway. I, or, or something is stuck in the toilet from the robbers. Maybe they drop. So you think they use the toilet? Maybe. That's bizarre. Maybe they're complete jackasses. So instead of just stealing from you, they're like, "Let's stop up this toilet too." Let's really. I was actually thinking. I was actually thinking that she. Or it's a weapon. Oh, you think she was hiding in? Maybe. Maybe it's like a weapon in case they come back. I was. I mean, that's possible too. I was actually thinking that it was. She took a shower, and because they're trying to portray. Jerry's apartment is kind of shitty, kind of run down to have him think about moving out, that her hair clogged up oh, the Oh, yeah, that's also possible. That's 100%. actually what I think it was. 100%. Yeah. Like, and, and it's never <laughs> spoken about because what comes up later is George just walks in later in this scene and Jerry's like, how did you get up here? 
and they're like the lobby door is broken so like that's how he ended up getting robbed right because somebody just walked into the place now we don't really know this but jerry is on the fifth floor so that means that the robber either picked a floor at random or went through five floors looking for an open door. My or guess, I guess he could have gone to multiple, whatever I'm apartment thinking was that open, they, he was just they, going through I was going to say, he may have gone through a couple different floors, but I mean, Jerry's also at an end. So he might have gone true. to like, okay, this one's a quiet floor. You know, it's yeah. a quiet floor. I'll go to the end, see if it's open. It was open. Right. I, got I don't know if we know that either, too, that I'm he's just, on the fifth floor well, or that he's on an end. But, but well, it, doesn't yeah, it look like an end? When the door is open, you kind of see a I wall. So. Yeah. So it always looks no. like an end to me. I agree. I agree. I just don't know if they've, like, established that in Oh, canon. yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is where Elaine tells him that someone left the door open. And it's Kramer has walked in. And this is the most <laughs> Kramer episode of season one. By that, I mean Michael Richards acts like Kramer the right. most in this episode. Yes. He does this thing where he grabs his head and he's like, oh, he doesn't want to tell Jerry. Flustered. So he He's tells Jerry flustered. that... Yes, flustered. That's a good word for it. And Kramer cowardly admits that it was him. He came in because he was cooking dinner and he needed to grab a spatula. And he just left the door open because he was going to bring it right back. But he got caught up watching a soap opera. You know, the bold <laughs> and the beautiful. So Jerry's like, well, where was Elaine? And Elaine says she was at Bloomingdale's waiting for the shower to heat up. Because that was the joke earlier, where oh, yeah, where, right. where J- Jerry says the, the hot water doesn't really work, so you have to go do your shopping, come back, and, and then it'll be hot. Jerry's like, D- you mean you left the door open? You mean you left the door unlocked? And he's like, no, I left the door open. Like, you just so... leave a door completely <laughs> wide open. Which explains probably to both of our question earlier of why Jerry's apartment was chosen. Because the door was... Open. Just open. Maybe it's seeable uh, from, like, the, the stairs or the elevator, too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, I do love where Kramer is like, well, do you have insurance? And Jerry says he doesn't have insurance on this stuff because he spent his money on this lock. It's the best on the market. And its only weakness is that the door must be closed! <laughs> and it's the first Jerry angry outburst where he yes. does sound he's exasperated like uh, yeah look Jerry I'm sorry I'm you have insurance right buddy no <laughs> how can you not have insurance because I spent my money on the Clapco D29 it's the most impenetrable lock on the market today it has only one design flaw the door <laughs> must be closed <laughs> It's a good little bit. And the way that Michael Richards delivers the Kramer, like, flusteredness to right. it, it is good. So Kramer vows he'll find the stuff. Uh, Jerry tells him, don't worry about it. It was just a mistake. And you get that good-natured Jerryness here where it's just like, ah, it's fine. Like, <laughs> his kind of laid-backness. Just kind of, like, giving into it kind of, like, a little bit. So we go back to the next scene, in the, and there's a cop here, and he is going down the list of the stuff that was stolen, and Elaine tells him, like, oh, and the answering machine. And Jerry tries to make a joke about the answering machine being stolen. I hate the idea of the robber answering my calls or calling back or something like that. And the cop doesn't get it. And it's one of those jokes where the police have no sense of humor kind of thing. He's like, huh? I do like the point where he goes, do you ever find anything? And the cop goes, no. (laughs) 
It's just like this, like... Like, no, we don't usually. We just have to go through the, the stages of how it works. Which is true. I've never... Uh, I don't think I've ever been robbed, but... As far as you know. Like that I, as far as I know, there was one time maybe in school in the dorms, I think. But I don't think I've ever been robbed, but I can imagine it's a futile exercise to call the police. You do it just to do it because you're frustrated and you have to vent to someone. Well, I think usually it's also an insurance thing, too. You have to call the police in order oh, to, you're to right, claim you're insurance. Right. But... That's true. That's true. You have to claim the insurance on it. But, but I he doesn't have, have insurance, feeling... so it's just kind of futile at that point. <laughs> right. I do have a feeling that they never find shit. They never look for it. They do not care. Right. It is not something that matters right. to them. It's small stuff. They're like, eh, it's not a big deal. Just go buy more stuff. They probably even think they know he's rich or something, maybe even. <laughs> They're just like, no. So, like we said earlier, George walks in, and because this is like, all right, you're getting robbed, the door doesn't work, the hot water's bad, maybe you should go look at this apartment. And he agrees to go look at the apartment. Mm -hmm. So then we get some more stand-up about getting robbed. I didn't write any notes down about the stand-up, though. Do you recall anything about the stand-up about getting robbed? That was about it. That's all I had. So the three of them, meaning George, Elaine, and, and Jerry, go to check out the new apartment. Because the deal is that if Jerry gets this new apartment, Elaine will get Jerry's old apartment. And then she cannot have this the roommate anymore. And it's a super nice apartment. It's got a fireplace. And it's got a little patio for gardening or grilling it's got a it's not really a walk-in closet i can't i don't know why elaine calls it a walk-in closet it's just a closet it's, it's just, just a, a closet. closet i think it's just the fact that she could literally walk into it and jerry acts super uninterested the entire time right. while elaine and george talk it up he's saying like well do i gotta tip that guy then do i gotta tip that guy like he's he's trying <laughs> he, he's either he trying to downplay cheap. it yeah, like he's either, it's either like a, a real thing he's thinking about or he's trying to downplay it because the other two are so excited about sure. it that he's, uh... He doesn't know how to, like he doesn't want to show his excitement too. Right, right. He doesn't want, uh, he's trying to play it cool. Right. And he thinks about it a little while. I like that Elaine is, Elaine's really pushing for it because she wants his apartment. So he is walking back and forth thinking about it and she's following him and mimicking him and then he goes like all right i'll do it i'll take the apartment and george is jealous he didn't just keep the place for himself yeah because he realizes how nice the apartment is he should have just taken it himself so this brings me back to the, a, new, a new point here new little topic for us to discuss i feel like this has never happened to me on this grand of a scale but i know it's happened to me on small small scales okay it might have happened to me on small enough scales where, where it's like a sandwich or something oh i want that sandwich but to be polite i'll have to offer it to someone else <laughs> Sure. And that thing, hoping that they'll they say no yeah. so I can take it. Yeah. And then they take it and you're like, oh, well, are you sure you want it? Because if you don't want it, I'll take it. Right. No, I've done that. I've done yeah. that. I do that it's, to my husband like, all the time. And you feel, <laughs> I, I always feel like a jerk doing that. But it feels like a very human reaction of being like, oh, man, I can't give this away. Yeah. But the social contract says I have to offer this to, to my friend. Right. And social it's, it's contract a, says I have to offer it. I love that. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, it's it true. is. It's, it's true, though. You feel like you have to be, ah, my friend really, I can't, I can't or, be selfish and take Okay, it. or 
here's here's that other one where it's like there are like the that last piece of whatever it is that you're eating right it could be pizza it could be i don't know wings it could be fries right and there's only the one left okay oh yeah oh that's no, you got that's, if that's you, the that, thing right that's, but the that's, thing is whoever right triggers there. whoever triggers the who wants the last whatever wing pizza fry that person wants yes. it. Yes. And, and as a as a table, unless you want to fight for it, or you give the old, well, we'll split it. Right. You got to let that person have it. Because they brought it they up. They brought it up. They're the one looking at it. They're the one that I've also had people, it. though, who go, well, someone needs to eat that. And it's like, I'm not going to eat it. But someone needs to eat that. And it's just like, oh, is that? I've yeah. heard that one said, too. Where it's like there's I, that know, one I think piece that I think that's somebody it? trying to be a little. You think that's somebody trying to be a little falsifying it? No, usually they, they really do want. No, I I think that they're just trying to get somebody to eat it so it's not wasted. <laughs> because usually you're at a restaurant with colleagues or friends or whatever, and they're like, "Well, there's that one last piece of the appetizer. Who's gonna take it?" Right. Right. And I and they I've I'm I've had sure. it where they put it on somebody else's plate before too. They're like, "Here, you have it. You're having this last piece." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've been in that situation. I mean, all of this where it's it's lower stakes because we're talking about food. We're not talking about you know apartments. No, yeah. But, I but can't think of a good example it... that's not food <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, I, but I'm just trying to say, like, yeah, me too. Like, I can't think of. I can't, I, I really can't. I'm trying to think, like, at the at the highest level, I was that, like, has that ever happened with, with, like, a job? Where it's like, oh, I've got, like, a good, like... A project they're trying to give like you, a, or... Yeah, I, but I can't think of anything, Who wants like, to do this project type of thing? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. I, Which comes in, a, there's a discussion about that in later I episodes, I feel like too. I've had that happen, where it was like, okay, well, we have this thing that needs to get done, and... I actually do want to do it because I find it interesting. So I'll be like, well, I mean, if nobody else wants to do it, I'll do it. And I say it like that, and then they know I want to do it. But I'm allowing somebody else to do it if they really want to do it type of thing. Right. Yeah. So it is a good... It's a, it's a, it's an understandable, it's a relatable reaction by George here once he kind of realizes that he kind of gave away an apartment he really wants, but he gave it away to his friend, so he can't really say anything. Sure. So anyway, side tangent about how this relates to real world over. Back at Jerry's, he decides to sell the couch to Elaine for 150 bucks, And Elaine's like, no way. And I agree with Elaine here. Uh, 150 bucks, yeah, very reasonable for a, a used couch. Sure. One, I'm against used furniture for the most part, unless it's like a table. If somebody's ass has been on the furniture, oh, yeah. Yeah, but yours is different. Yours is different because yours was handed off okay. to you. <laughs> if, if I'm talking about, I guess this is kind of similar. It's the same it, idea. Know they know each other. other. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. So, they I mean, like, when other. you know somebody and then you have their furniture, I mean, it's, it's fine. If you're saying someone's selling it on... Craigslist or they're selling it on yeah. Facebook, Facebook shop or whatever they yeah. call it. Yeah, I don't think I would buy something that's fabric. Yeah, I don't want anything where someone's butt's been on it. Right. I'll take a table. A table and a, a chairs lamp. are fine, but I don't know. A couch could be infested with something. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but we know that Jerry is insanely neat, clean. Freak, yeah. So 
It's got to be a clean couch. It just George brings like over couch. the. It just looks worn. It just looks old. Well, it looks yeah, it looks worn. It's a very bad looking couch, in my opinion. It's not as good as his newer couch that he eventually gets. It just looks like it's like too bright. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big it fan. It looks of like couch. you just sink into it, like not comfortably either. Like you sit yeah, you in sink it, in. Like... It hurts your back. Yes, it, it hurts your back to look at it. Yes, definitely. George brings over the lease papers, and it, it's a three-year lease. And Jerry's like, "Oh, it seems kind of long." And George snaps at this only thing that Jerry's been like, "Ah, oh, it's it's a little long for a lease here." And George is like, "Oh, well, if you're having second thoughts, you shouldn't you shouldn't <laughs> sign it. You know, you really should think about this." And if and, he, and this is where he does the like, "If you don't want it, I'll, I'll take it." So Jerry's like, well, I can't take it if you want it. And George tries the, but I don't want it. I want it if you don't want it. Like, I, you, I you know, shouldn't like, have said it. You shouldn't have said that because that means right. you want it. Right. I do feel like food, this comes up a lot. Oh, well, food is like can, the main thing I feel like it comes up with. Yeah. And it could come, it could or come like, up with, with other like things Or like there's like the one too. item at the store and it's the only one left, but to both want it type of thing too. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, you could buy it, you know, and you can have it. Or if you don't want it, I'll buy it because I want it type of thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just, a, it's a bad situation. Yeah. Nowadays, I'd be like, let me just order it. Screw it. There's only one left. I doubt that. So because George and Jerry both want the apartment, they decide they're going to flip for it. Right. So they bring out the coin. They do the flip. It hits the table. Comes up, comes up against George's call. Of course. So George claims interference. <laughs> which, look, he's got a point. He's got a point about the interference, but he didn't call that there didn't need to be interference. That's also true. And it wasn't like a, we have to flip, catch, and, and slap down. Right. It, yeah. it was a, just let it drop, and let where it, it drop. drops, that where it, that's where it goes. Right. So if there's interference, there's interference. I prefer the let it drop to the floor rather than the catch it and do the slap onto the other hand. Personally, it's my personal opinion. I think it's a football thing because in <laughs> football you let that fucker fall to the fall to the ground. <laughs> what if there's interference with that? What if it hits somebody's foot? It, it, it ends up on the ground. This whatever it care. is, when it See, hits that, so no interference it doesn't matter. Interference yeah, interference doesn't, doesn't matter. matter in football. Because I'm sure that there's been some coin tosses in football. Because they get sometimes they get like the oldest man in the world to come toss the coin. <laughs> sure. Like, and they barely can, you know, get out of the wheelchair. So it's just kind of like a eh, like I'm yeah, sure it like hits somebody's foot or whatever. Right. So they decide this is an, a key point, a key moment here in Seinfeld for me personally. For me, personally. they decide to shoot for it. And I don't know if they say choose for it or shoots for it. I think it's shoots for it. That's the way I've said it for the past 20 years. I was going to say, we always say shoots you for it. Rachel, do you want to explain the game of shoots, what they do here? So you pick, you pick odds or evens. One of you has odds, the other one's evens. I got odds. <laughs> you got evens. You do one, two, three shoots, and that means you put up a number of fingers, okay? One through five. One through five. <sighs> I don't think you can do zero. Can you do zero? Does anybody I, ever do zero? I, they don't weird. do zero. I've never done a zero. Yeah, zero is kind of an odd choice. You well, could. Well, anyway, you could. You really could. And whatever your hand and your, your opponent's hand adds up to, 
If right. it's an odd or an even, that's who wins. That's right. So if you threw a one and I threw a two and you that's had odds, that, that's an odd. That's yes. a, a three, so that's an odds you'd win. Yes. That shoots you for it. And for decades now, at least between our Seinfeld expert and me, and then and you and I have done this too. I think all three Absolutely. of us have done this when we've played like Money in the Bank or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Which oh, we'll yeah. get to one day. Add that to the list. We've done shoots you for it all the time. For a little mm-hmm. shit here and there. I'll shoot you for it. But that, I that, guess that's so, how you would get that last piece of pizza, too. Yeah, you'd shoot for, for it. And it's always been, like, for little crap. Like, we'll shoot for stuff. Because it's fun. And we always, almost always do the animation here that Jerry and George do. Where <sighs> you, you roll your sleeves up, <laughs> and, you, like, you get your hands, and, like, like you're gonna, like, shoot a like bow and arrow. Fight. Oh, yeah, and that, you too. you do the one, two, three, shoots! And, like, you do it really intense. And then, and then it's always got to be first best of five, best so you got to yep. get three. And then, and, and even, like, the George, like, step back, step back, like, regroup. Like, you got to, like, okay, hold on, hold on, I can do this. So like, that, like there's this... actual skill that goes into yeah. this. <laughs> so all of this has a special place in my heart, this little shoots you for it scene. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll choose you for it. Straight choose, three takes it, no disputes. That's it, you got to win three. Okay. Okay. I'll choose you. What do you want? Odds. I want evens. Good. You got odds. You got evens. Right. (laughs) Ready. For the apartment. One, two, three, three. shoot mine! One, two, three, shoot mine! Once, twice, twice, three, shoot! Mine! Once, twice, three, shoot! (laughs) Congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks. Why did I put out two? Why did I put out two? What ends up happening is Jerry wins three to one. George throws out... I do not remember what this is. George throws out a one... I think, and Jerry throws out a two, and you want me to so, so Jerry wins. George tries to act good winner, or good, lo- I'm sorry, not a good winner, a good loser. He's like, he shakes Jerry's hand, he's like, congratulations, congratulations. And he, and he <laughs> walks into the bathroom, and the door barely shuts, and he's just like, why didn't I throw two? And like, <laughs> he's all pissed at himself, because he lost the game of shoots. Of which course. is also great, because it's men in their mid-30s that are and he's mad because he lost this game of shoots (laughs) kramer comes in then right here and it's the first kramer slide into the room it's the first kramer bursts into the room which on the dvd they say that's because he was late to his cue so he he ran into the scene to not ruin it it because he he thought that the tape Yeah, because he thought that the take between George's, like, yelling was good. So he was like, well, I can't ruin the take. So he runs in. And, and, and that becomes course, his thing. That becomes his thing. That becomes his thing. Oh, I love that that wasn't, like, a, a choice. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Bastard. <laughs> so anyway, Kramer decides that he's been looking around, asking around the apartment, trying to find people that could have been in on the robbery. And he decides that it's this English guy that lives down the hall because, you know, he confronted him and he said, I know 
about the stuff. <laughs> so, and the guy, of course, as you would, said, what stuff? Back. Right. But Kramer claims, you know, he swallowed. He swallowed. Because <laughs> he's nervous. His nerves. He's like, what? This is so, it, it, it's just, you see Kramer being formed here in this oh, scene, yeah. especially. Absolutely. So Kramer says he's going to go over to this apartment to confront the guy. And oh, he's yeah. not back in five minutes to call the police. And Jerry goes, okay, now! And Kramer goes, <laughs> and runs out of the runs room. Away. And it's, it's such a good Kramer moment. You get the Jerry and Kramer relationship a lot right here. Absolutely. So this whole scene for me, very good. It's very Seinfeldy. Yes. The rest of the episode may be dry, but this scene... And maybe it's because oh, all yeah. four of them are in it. Probably. Because like, now they're all, like, feeding off of each other. Because I liked the part even, too, after that last shoot shot, too. Elaine starts measuring the couch again. Because like, <laughs> right. she, she won Because she yeah, won, yeah. too. Because right. it's not just Jerry winning that apartment. It was also Elaine. And Elaine also tries to make a deal because she's like, well... Uh, fine, but George, if you win, then I want your apartment. Right. Like, like she doesn't care. She she doesn't care. She just hates hers so much that she just wants a different apartment. Right. But yeah, I do think it is because of all four of them because they are just kind of all working off of each other. At it's this point. the most where it becomes like we've described it. It's a stage play. It's mm-hmm. a vaudeville act. They're all playing off of each other. Right. So. The next scene is they're having lunch. There's a stand-up in between this where they're talking about disagreements as kids were calling for it, like calling shotgun, or, you know, he called it, and, like, that's the end of it. And he and Jerry wishes that you could just settle beefs that way, where it's just like, oh, well, he called it. Right. Like, that, I'm sorry, that's Your it. Honor, he called it. Right. And the next scene we get is George and Jerry having lunch at the at the coffee shop. And they're talking about how George thinks he looks good in the bathroom mirror. <laughs> it's so random. It's, it's the most random part of the episode. And we've talked about it in a couple of the past episodes where they blend how people actually talk and then they get back to the plot. This right. is the most that you get that in this episode where he's just like, I don't know what it is about that mirror, but I look so great. And he immediately is like, oh, no, they talk about how you can't have anything for lunch anymore. But then... George immediately goes like, I can't believe I lost that shoots. And <laughs> right back to that. Like, thing. yeah, like it's literally how your brain would work, though, too. You're sitting there and then you just go, God, I can't believe I missed that. Like, I well, can't believe I did that. But this is definitely a George trying to make Jerry feel bad. Yeah, he's starting to manipulate him here. Because he's trying to make him feel like you kind of screwed me over, even though they agreed Right. To that game of shoes. There was an agreement. Yes, there was an agreement. A gentleman's agreement. A gentleman's agreement, in fact. (laughs) So Jerry's like, I can't take the apartment. How can I take this place if all you're going to do every time I see you is mope about it? And again, like, it's a good point. And it's how George is being a little shit. Right. Because he he would. And you know he would. He would mope about it Every time he'd come into the apartment, you're like... Man, I really liked this apartment. <laughs> Every time, you know that's exactly what he would do. So while they're having this conversation, the waitress comes up and is like, oh, what apartment? And so George kind of tells her, and she says, like, well, what's the rent? So then we get this uh, closing scene where it's the three of them on this couch in the apart- in the 
apartment then, Jerry passed on. Yes. And it's because they're at a housewarming. They're all angry because they haven't gotten a move. And the waitress wanted to thank them for... For finding the for apartment. Finding for the apartment for, yeah. for her and her husband. And it's, it's another one of those scenes where it's like, hey, these are the guys that got us the apartment. It's just... No one's doing it on purpose. They're actually trying to thank them. Yes, they're actually but trying to be nice. It's rubbing salt in the wound of, of all because of them. Because she doesn't because... know the situation. She doesn't realize that they were all fighting for this apartment and right. actually getting to move. And and they're really happy. So it's right. like... Yeah, they're grilling. They're running in the park. Yeah. Yes, we're aware of the proximity to the park. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, not only are they aware of the park, but then the neighbor is a masseuse. Yeah. And she's supposed to, she's supposed to be like hot for 1990. She's this hot redhead masseuse. Right. That they would have, I'm sure Jerry and or George would have been trying to hit on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she's so, got some big hair. Sorry. Oh, yeah. She's got the big hair. The, the 1990s yeah. look. For sure. She's got the absolutely. shirt tucked into her mom jeans yeah. and everything. Like skinny waist. Yeah, very nice. It's a turtleneck, you know. <laughs> yeah, you nobody would wear this. I hope this style never comes back. It is it's coming back. So this unflattering. Is, this is the exact style that is coming back right but now. But it's so unflattering. This it doesn't look good waist. on anyone. What's wrong with it? It makes everyone's ass look flat. I like my t- my waist high jeans. I, I don't think, think my ass any, looks great. I don't think there's any curve in in anyone that wears these. Pants. I think you need to have curves in order to wear them. <laughs> No, I'm serious. If you have a flat no, butt to begin with, yeah, wear the, the hip hugger type jeans. If you have curves, you should wear it where it's higher because then it's like really accentuates your curves. I hope everyone at home is taking notes about I think the so. Pants. I know nothing about fashion, so don't take any advice from me. <laughs> I wear what I like. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I've given up on life. <laughs> I would drape myself in velvet if it were socially acceptable. That's right. So anyway, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> we, get, we get them just angry at, at the fact that they all passed up on the apartment. So, so nothing Rachel, happened. Literally yeah, nothing, nothing happened. happened. Nothing, nothing happened. Nothing was accomplished. They all passed. That's true. Nothing was... Uh, nothing changes in this episode. That's right. Goes, goes back to normal. Yeah, like a regular sitcom would, but absolutely nothing changed throughout the episode either. Right! So, what is your opinion of the robbery? I, okay, so I do really like that scene, and I think it is the pivotal scene of the entire episode, which makes me like the episode. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, it is kind of a little dry, like we were saying. You know, the the end and the beginning are kind of a bit dry. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that the middle portion, the meat of this of the actual episode. I like, I like it. You know that part where they're actually gunning for a, an apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's charming stuff character-wise right. about this show, and I agree. I, I will always be fond of the shoots you for it, absolutely, um, because we we brought it into our it. own lives, and I think it's just a funny way for. I mean, I would still do it today. Like at the time, as a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I not going to be doing that in my 30s. And it's, I'm not quite the age of Jerry and George in this scene, but I would, yeah, of course we'd be. Sh- we're, no, we'll we're, be doing it for our entire lives. Not to give away. I mean, we've been giving, <laughs> we've been giving away, like, the timing of all, all of our recordings 
because of how we decided to, you know, expel the season here. But if we were shooting for it at the draft next week, yes, would you be surprised? No. You wouldn't be surprised if we both wanted a player and we were shooting for it instead no. of just letting it fall? Like, no, of course yeah. not. Absolutely. It, that's that's not weird. That's just that's just how it is. But it's a, how it's life a tr- works. You need to shoot for it. That's right. You call it. It's an agreement. It's way easier to call for something <laughs> than, than yeah. bring the lawyers into this. Yeah, that's just annoying. But it's a charming little episode, to your point. It's not... It's nothing special. Right. But it's fine. So we've got one episode left of season one of Seinfeld. And we will get into that after we take a short break. I'm not an investor. People always tell me, you should have your money working for you. I've decided I'll do the work. I'm going to let the money relax. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because you send your money out there working for you. A lot of times it gets fired. You go back there, what happened? I had my money. It was here. It was working for me. Yeah, I remember your money. Showing up late, taking time off. We had to let him go. And we're back. Episode 5 of Season 1 of Seinfeld. It is the stock tip. It is the season finale of Seinfeld. They thought they were done after this. They thought they didn't have to do anything else. Because nobody liked it. That that they had to do 175 (laughs) more of them. And folks at home, we're thinking the same thing. We're thinking we're almost done with shelf life. And then we're going to have to do 2,000 more. Oh, great. I mean, yeah, think, about th- think about this, Rachel. <laughs> when we're done with this, we will only have 175 more Seinfeld episodes to do. Yeah. Much, yeah, much less true. the list of everything else we have built Movies, up so far. Comic books. Wrestling, video games. Video wrestling. games. Potato chips. That's popcorn. true. Potato chips could be a big one. Well, popcorn. That's a big episode right there. That's a big episode. That's a big episode. I don't know how we're going to do that episode, but we're going to do it we're gonna do it there's gonna be a lot of crunching so if you like asmr popcorn sounds i think you're gonna enjoy that episode (laughs) so this episode aired on june 21st 1990 as the finale to the season it was written by larry david and jerry seinfeld directed by tom Tronis. rachel what is the synopsis for the stock tip so the basic plot for this one, because I feel like it's really simple to, like, explain what these do in a sentence, yeah, is that George and Jerry get a tip to put invest money into a stock, and shenanigans happen. So, like, going up and down type of thing. But there's also this small subplot happening where Elaine is allergic to a cat that her boyfriend has. <laughs> That is a very small subplot. But I feel like it's also happening in tandem. Like, she could care less about the rest of them. She has her oh, sure. own story happening. Yes, so we have, like, be, yes. the parallel stories happening in this yes, episode. Yes, maybe the first time we have a little bit of a parallel story going on, you think? I think so. It feels they, more at least evolved. They didn't, know, they didn't know what to do for Elaine in this one. Because Kramer's <laughs> not in it much at all. That's true. That's also true. Yeah, I mean, this is any folks at home that are some junior investors or uh, maybe some uh, some Reddit investors or whatever, Robin you know, you Hood got that investors, Bitcoin. day traders. Maybe there's some day traders that listen oh, yeah, to us get... while they 
trade. Did you get in on that GameStop stuff? I mean, yeah, hey. maybe maybe we're uh, <laughs> maybe they're listening to us for tips. This is this don't is listen one of those to me episodes. for tips. Don't listen to either of us for tips. I hate the stock market. I know nothing. It's, it's just a giant gambling rig. But if you're into that, this is the episode for you. Learn some stock tips. Learn how stocks were traded in 1990 when you had to wait for the paper to come out to see if your stock <laughs> went up or down. This is true. There's not an app for that. There's not even like a phone service for That's that. also true. <laughs> Nowadays, you can trade every minute of every day whenever you right. want. I mean, that's what's made it a lot. Well, we'll get into that when we could do a, an episode more geared toward the stock market. Oh, but... We're going to have to get a, another person for that one. I'll just sit in the background, I think. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's, it's definitely changed because of how accessible it is. Right. Now, but in this episode, you learn how, you you know, maybe you need a tip. Maybe you need somebody to tell you about insider something. Insider trading. A little bit of insider trading. <laughs> I know that term. So we start with the stand-up, and it is about getting a check at the end of the meal. And the idea is that you don't really care about the price of anything while you're at the dinner, while you're at while you're eating, right. because you're having fun but then when you get the check at the end of the meal you're like whoa (laughs) so how much uh, fun did we actually have it's the sticker shock of course and uh sure i never do i never think that because i am so cheap i'm always thinking about the price of my uh whatever i'm ordering yeah that's why i use coupons and on fast food apps a lot and whatever (laughs) gotta get that deal you know, that free taco, you know, you got to make sure that you got to get that free taco. If they don't give it to you, you go back. Right, yes, Kevin? That's... Well, I, I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't. Get... Yes, that's right. I interrupted one of Rachel's shows shouting about how I didn't get a free taco recently. And uh, it was bullshit, quite frankly. Oof. I did get that free milkshake, though. Did you see that free milkshake that I got? I did. I saw that free milkshake. I got a picture of that. It's pretty good. It wasn't bad. I thought it was going to be like a little one, and it wasn't. It was the full full Monty. Lots of whipped cream on it and everything. Yeah, that's nice. So anyway, the <laughs> first, it starts, the episode starts, and we get the first discussion about Superman. Not to be the last discussion about Superman on Seinfeld, oh, of course, but of course it's the not. first discussion. I never, I don't know where the the illusion that Superman is brought up in every episode comes from, because that's not the case at all. It's not. We haven't talked about Superman at all. He talked about Batman in the last episode. He talked but... about Batman. I'm not even positive if they're at the point where Superman is on his fridge. He's got the Superman symbol like a picture and he's got he eventually gets the statue but not yet so i'm not uh i'm not sure where that came from but this is the first discussion of superman and jerry thinks that superman has got to have a good sense of humor and george thinks he doesn't have a good sense of humor because why would he he's never heard him say anything funny and it's one of those discussions where it's just how nerdy George and Jerry are, they're talking about, you know, Superman. You know, they're talking about a fictional character and the uh, actions he would be taking or the personality he actually has and stuff he would do outside of what the comics usually show. That's right. Which nowadays is commonplace. I mean, this is, there are YouTube channels dedicated to this shit. There's podcasts dedicated to it. There are podcasts dedicated to it. But at the time, I can't imagine it being on television of just having this random conversation about nothing. 
Right. Very much in line with the show. Well, I, I think Superman probably has a very good sense of humor. <laughs> I never heard him say anything really funny. But it's common sense. He's got super strength, super speed. I'm sure he's got super humor. <laughs> I think that, but you... Either you're born with a sense of humor or you're not. It's not going to change. Even if you go from the red sun of Krypton all the way to the yellow sun of the Earth. <laughs> Why? Why would that one area of his mind not be affected by the yellow sun of the Earth? I don't know, but he ain't funny. I wrote that the coloring looks older than the previous episodes. I don't know what I mean by that. It looks like... I guess it kind of like sucked the color out a little bit. Yeah. It's so it kind of looks... This episode looks grayer than right. some of the the previous episodes. Yeah, the saturation is uh, lower in these episodes, like in this episode. I, I wonder think. if that's. I wonder if it's because of the subject matter, or because later on it's supposed to be raining constantly, so they want it to look kind of more dour. Oh, maybe. Oh, that's possible. I don't know if it's a stylistic choice or if we're full of it and it doesn't seem that way, but it does seem to be saturated a little bit differently. Or so maybe Elaine... they were just, they weren't really paying attention when they were wearing... <laughs> yeah, it could be a total accident. It could be right. a total accident. But here on Shelf Life, this is what we do. We overanalyze it. So of course. Elaine comes in. She's late for lunch. She was looking for a grape she dropped in the kitchen. I mean, I guess if you don't want ants, you gotta, gotta I find that grape, right? guess so. I'm sure if you looked at my kitchen floor right now, there's going to be a crumb or two. Where would the grape have gone, though? See, the thing is, <laughs> well, but it, because if you live in, in a place where you can go in between the stove and the cabinet. Oh, of, of course, yes, yeah. I guarantee you there's food in mine in well, that yeah, you crack. you gotta move that, you gotta clean that. Yeah. There's no way, there's, there's no way there's not food between that crack. Stop saying that. <laughs> Stop, Stop saying, saying it like that. saying that. So the guy that she is going out with has two cats, and she's allergic Yes. So she is kind of debating about what to do about the fact that he has these cats. And this is the Elaine where she hasn't gone full misanthropic and nihilist yet, as yeah. she does in the later episodes. So she still cares about animals, and she still wants to try to work this out because right. she's allergic to the cats. I like the callback to them talking to each other about dating that we get in the stakeout, because Jerry goes to talk about, like, oh, well, I've, I'm seeing this girl, and... Elaine says the name of the girl, Vanessa, or whatever it is. and Vanessa. <laughs> yeah, and Jerry's like, yes, thank you. So, like, like it's, it's a little awkward, but they're both like, oh, yeah, right. We talked to each We're other We're allowed about to do now. this. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because it is kind of like he didn't want to bring her name up, but he, he wanted to bring up the topic. Right. And Elaine's like, And she goes, yeah, Vanessa. Name. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> and Jerry is thinking about asking to go away for a couple of days on a trip with her and george thinks it's a terrible idea because they haven't been going out for more than a month it's a big step you know yeah. that, that weekend trip with somebody i think is a big step i am surprised that jerry would do this because it does it kind of seems out of character a bit yeah he's not the type of guy that would i think a month into a relationship be like oh yeah let's go on a vacation together right unless he, maybe he really likes her i guess he really likes her i mean she seemed very nice in the stakeout so i suppose that that could be a factor he just seems so much like no, this would be months before I would spend more than a few hours with you. That kind right. of, like me, that kind of <laughs> thought. 
But he's decided to do this, so he really does like her. And Elaine is doing this thing where she's trying to make the spoon stay on her nose yes. while we're having this discussion. Is she just doing this as herself, or is she doing this as a character thing? It's hilarious <laughs> to me. I feel it like it's be... something I would do where I just pick up something random and start playing with it. I wrote down that this conversation sounds very real. It feels very real. It's it sounds so very relaxed. Real. Yeah, they're so relaxed. They're so just nonchalant about everything, too. It does feel very real. And Elaine actually brings up this idea to take her on this trip to Vermont. There's this place where she was telling them about to go in Vermont. So George is looking at stocks in the paper. Yes. That doesn't happen anymore, like we talked about. But he's, I'm sure the stocks are still in the paper. Do you think stocks are still in the paper? Yeah, of course. They gotta Why not? Be, right? There's got to be. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I... I don't get the newspaper, but I would imagine. I don't get a paper delivered to my house either. I kind of want to I feel kind of bad that I don't do that. Yeah. yeah, now I feel like I should. Yeah. Hmm. Look into that. Yeah. <laughs> but he sees a stock that looks good, and a friend heard about it. And this friend told him that it's a new technique for televising opera, which I think they were, like, that does sound like they were trying to find something that sounds ridiculously stupid that <laughs> would, for some reason, make money. Right. It's been going up, according to George, and they're putting money into it. And George decides that he's going to invest 5000 And then... Quite a bit. He's... That's quite a bit. Yeah. And then he kind of goes back because he's like, 10000 No. 5000 And then he decides <laughs> that between George and Jerry, they will both put in 2500 So they'll kind of go in it together, almost. Sure. So... The next scene is Vanessa and Jerry at a drugstore. Jerry is talking about how all the people at the movies talking kind of ruined it for him. So they must have went to the movies before this. Mm -hmm. And she says, well, why didn't you do anything? And he's like, well, what am I supposed to do? I gave him the half turn. I gave him the <laughs> eye roll. So this comes up oh, later this, in this Seinfeld. This is incredibly too. relatable. Sorry, but yeah. Uh, in the episode where George does the opposite. And, and we'll talk about it there, too. I'm sure we'll repeat this. But should we tell the folks? Because you and I go to the movies together all the time. That's where we I We do. We absolutely do. So do you have any opinions on giving somebody the half turn, the eye roll? The full turn? I'll let you. I'll let you. Oh, I'll let man. You when, if I give you, you thought... the full turn, I'm at my limit at that point, man. <laughs> the last movie we went to see, yeah. we, we were being big and brave. We went out... During the pandemic. Yes. To go see the movie. We went at our usual time. Not our usual time. We went about an hour earlier than usual. Yes. We go very late. That was a problem. It was. We should have gone at our usual time. When everyone else is sleeping, we go see a movie. And exactly. there were people on their phone. Oh my God. There were people on our phone all around us. I get constantly that. Constantly talking. The... Constantly getting up and down and standing. Just standing. In the seats. They brought in McDonald's. You oh, smell my it. God. <laughs> and I get that people aren't used to being in a fucking theater anymore. But if you want to show up to the fucking theater, act <laughs> like a fucking adult and sit there and watch the goddamn movie. Yes, you're not in your own house. You're not on your own couch right now. There's other so, people around I you. I mean, this is relatable. We try to let it slide most of the time. And sometimes time. you can. Sometimes they only do it for a minute and then they're done. 
But when uh, you so... miss the first 20 minutes of a movie because people won't shut up and get off of their phones. Let me explain this part. It wasn't during the previews. Yeah, they were annoying during the previews and they were annoying before all of that. It was during the actual movie, these people were taking selfies and laughing very loudly. They weren't even paying attention to the movie. And mind you, this was a movie that was available at home for 30 extra dollars. So they didn't have to be fucking there. <laughs> to make a um, long story short, though, we did end up going to Yeah, another, we just went to the next. We, we the went next and asked and we got our tickets out for another. But... I think a, a better story... I hit my limit. I think a better story is one where I did say something. Oh Do my you... god. This was the best thing ever. It was incredibly embarrassing, but it was phenomenal. He okay. put the fucking phone away. Oh, he did. He and did. I didn't. And I didn't get shot, which was what, what oh I should have been thinking about. Because it was a full theater. Okay, so that we were... Because it was like a... It was a moment, right? Anyway, so we were at a movie... It was, a, it was a it was a comic book movie, and we got it got to during the entire movie. There was a kid all the way at the bottom of the stadium seating who kept taking his phone out, and it was on the brightest setting, and it was white screens, so it was very noticeable, very obvious. We got to a point in the movie; it's dead silent. The entire theater is full. Kid pulls out his phone. Kevin yells, "Put the damn phone away!" I think I, and I, I think swear I just to God, you startled. Turn off your phone. Oh, that's what it I was. think that's all I said. <laughs> it was turn off your phone. And the co- the theater was a collectively clenched gasp. their anus. Oh my God, there was a gasp. There were people who like turned. I'm sitting to the side like, oh God, something's going to happen. I think they were afraid of you. I think so quite too. honest. Yeah, I think they were afraid of me. <laughs> I do not recommend doing that because nowadays oh, Lord no, knows dangerous. what could it's happen dangerous. to you. I won't ever do that again. But I don't think we were the only people who were annoyed by it. No, but just go get an usher. Just go get the usher. Yeah, the ushers. Like, that's don't, their job. Don't do, don't do what Donnie Don't does. <laughs> but it was, I, it gave us a good story because it oh, turned off. Oh my God, it was amazing. Your, phone and and it like immediately went like the second oh, i started saying it it was gone it was like a, oh shit i'm gonna get shot that's what <laughs> uh, so so anyway jerry gave him the half turn and the eye roll but if it was us problem is we don't this is why we only go with each other and not with like normal people because we oh would, yeah normal people would be like no just sit here we'll just watch the movie it's fine we're like no we're gonna go to the not th- we're at the nine o'clock showing. No, we're going to the ten thirty showing. <laughs> we're g- we're gonna swap out our fucking tickets. Yes, I, um, you know what? Yes, exactly. I need to enjoy the experience. The whole point of going to the theater is to enjoy the experience and watch so, a movie and have fun. So anyway, <sighs> God damn it. So anyway, <laughs> I feel that's angry our now. Service announcement for this episode. Oh. Vanessa thinks the trip that going on the trip is a bad idea he wants to though he really thinks that it's taking their relationship to phase two i don't think it's phase two this is phase i think it's like three or four yeah yeah phase two is you're having a date at one of your apartments like you ordered in and like you're watching a movie at your apartment or your house or whatever right or even like an overnight stay at an apartment whoa 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 
at least phase two there. Well, because other... Well, okay, but this one is an overnight over That's the true. weekend no, yeah, out right. on, like, a vacation. So, yes. yeah, you must have done an overnight at home before first. Yes. That's true. So, in my opinion, this is at least a phase three or four. I just do. I think it's weird that he wants to do this. He can't have thought it was a good idea. And he would never do this in future seasons. Oh, and no. maybe that's maybe, maybe that's, that's why. why. Maybe there's some yeah. Maybe there's some character development here, of why he's so picky about his girlfriends. Right. So, Kramer comes into the apartment later, and mocks Jerry because the stock is down again. And Kramer's like, "I told you, I told you not to do it. It's fallen again." And it's, this I thought was out of character. He says, I told you not to do it, but when did you tell him not to do it? (laughs) (laughs) I guess in between some time has passed. It must have been, yeah. George calls and tells Jerry the guy who's supposed to tell them when to sell is in the hospital. And Kramer just smiles at this. Kramer is enjoying the schadenfreude of Jerry and George buying this thing. Right. So George calls, he says this. So then we end up, they're at the cleaners and it's been some more time and they still don't know if they're supposed to sell this or not. And Jerry's like, I'm selling. I'm selling. I'm a nervous wreck. I'm going on this weekend trip. I can't do this. I'm selling. Sure. And he's not, he's just not cut out for investing. That's what he says, which is true, at least in my opinion. If you're someone that's like as safe with your money as jerry is you invest if you're going to invest invest for the long term you know what i mean realize it's going to go up and down and just kind of let it sit there and don't think about it all the time because otherwise you will be a nervous wreck if you're more of a gambling type i couldn't do it if you're a little more loose with your money you can get away with it because you can do like oh i lost over here but i'll just play it again or i'll play over here and i can't do that i'm so not a gambler it makes me so anxious. <laughs> I would never be able to do this. Just the thought of it, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't. I can't do this. <sighs> yeah, exactly. That's why it's weird that either one of them are in this, because they're so both they're both so cheap that yes. they're definitely not Wall Street type investing guys. I do think that George, he thinks he's going to make a lot of money because his buddy did. So yes. he's just like, oh, okay, well, I'll do it because this guy's saying that I'll make a lot of money doing it. Sure, I'll try yes, it. Let's do this. That's true. Yes. And he's a little bit more gullible with that's, that kind yeah. of stuff. I would so, agree. like, the second he gets into it, I feel like he kind of regrets it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. He kind of gets a little more gullible. To do it. That's true. Well, yeah, that's true because if the guy's telling him, like, I've got a beat on this stock, you should invest. Like, right. And then he keeps seeing it go up. He's like, well, I've got it's a FOMO. It's the, he, he doesn't want to miss out on making money. Exactly. Right. What if? George thinks about asking the guy that's at the hospital, Wilkinson. He keeps, Wilkinson mm-hmm. is this guy that informed his friend about it. And he's like, well, maybe I'll just go to the hospital. And Jerry's like, well, what if the guy is in an iron lung or something? What are you supposed to do? Go in and be like, oh, how are you feeling? How's the yeah, stock? Right? have you been paying attention to the stock oh my god but again this is exactly where it's so much different than it is today where now you'd look up articles you'd look up statistics there's a million different ways to figure out what experts think is going to happen to the stock which is usually them manipulating the market we'll get into that one day but 
when I have when I have my when I have my other Good podcast. <laughs> but um, back then, if you were trying to find an expert's opinion, you had to actually physically talk to someone and figure right. out what they thought about said such stock. And I think it's George here who's like, well, maybe he's just there resting, and they're. And- <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry's like, who goes to the hospital to rest? And they're basically like, well, don't do anything until you hear from me. I wrote down, I like the moment of accidentally talking to the wrong person. Oh, they're in line and oh, yeah. Jerry moves up in yes. line. And George says something he thinks to Jerry, but it's just to the person that yes. kind of cut in line. Yeah, who just walked into the store, yeah. Yeah. Again, it's like a good, you never see, you don't see it on TV now, but it's like a good real moment That's where that act- could happen. That happens, and I have done it, and I'm like, oh, Everybody I thought it. you were somebody else, and yeah. they laugh, and I laugh, and I move on, and right. I feel like an Everybody idiot. Everybody does it. <laughs> Everybody does it now even more because you, you look down at your phone or something. Right. And you look up, and oh, I'm talking to a stranger. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to talk to a stranger. I got to get out of here. God willing, you don't say anything like Outrageous. bad or like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to be like, what is wrong with this person? And knowing me, I always say something crazy. So it's going to happen. Feel, I feel like this whole next little bit was just because Jerry had stand up about going to the, to the cleaners. Because this Probably. whole next little bit is Jerry is at the cleaners to complain about a shirt getting shrunk. And it's right. this hu- very humorously shrunken shirt. It's this yes. little shirt. It looks like a child's shirt at this point. Yes. And the guy is asking Jerry if he has the receipt. And Jerry's like, I don't have the receipt. And he's like, well, then how do I know that we did the shirt? And so it's just this whole idea of complaining to customer service. Do you think yes. that Jerry would be called a Karen now? Or do you think that he's got a legitimate point? Because to me... They shrunk the shirt. That is a legitimate point. That's right. I believe, I mean, yes, there's definitely people out there that bitch about things that they shouldn't bitch about. And they need to stop doing that. Or they but go over the top. They go over the top. But there's if legitimate. If you say, hey, this thing, you know, explain it. What the heck? Why did this happen? Just don't become a jerk about it. Right. The, unless uh, the only it is, pla- unless mm-hmm. they're being a jerk back. That's the only problem I always have is if the person that you're talking to, if the customer service you're talking to is horrible, and yes, I have worked in a, a service industry before, so I can kind of say this, okay? I've worked with the idiots who talk back to customers. <laughs> if they're talking back to you, I, of course they're you're going to get hot-headed and heated and, t- and yell back. But the Karens of the world are the ones that are doing it anyways, even when the person has no say in the matter or is trying to be polite sure that's yeah, the problem if, if it's someone if it's someone that you're talking to on the customer service line i always say like your company sucks i'm like and i realize oh, you, yeah. you can't do anything about this i've but said your the company same thing. is horrible like, i was like screaming and i'm like it's not you it's this stupid company and they're like oh okay oh okay well, because that's... and it's just good life advice too because to your point if you start shouting at someone they're gonna take it personally absolutely like, but in this case this cleaner, I assume, owns the okay, place. This, this guy's, and they, and he knows that they shrunk it. Playing like, the I, game. I, I'm just saying because I think that there are times when you can have legitimate complaints as a yes. customer, and some people need to realize that you can have that. Yes, there's Absolutely. times when you you shouldn't complain or to just to complain or whatever. But there's right. legitimate complaints to be had out there. Yes. 
And we shouldn't go too far into the, oh, well, I can't say anything because I don't want to be I... accused of... I don't want to go af- go viral on YouTube or TikTok no. because I'm complaining. No, sometimes... I've complained there's... before. Yeah, I complain all the time. I'm a... <laughs> I do it all the time. Well, I, even the other day I had ordered something and it said it got to my house. I opened my door and it was absolutely the opposite of what I ordered. I ordered yeah. a mattress and I got vitamins. Seems I'm right. sorry. A $50 mattress and I got these like $5 vitamins. What the hell is this? <laughs> so anyway, like we were saying, the whole point of this scene, I think, is to get to the stand-up because I like, and, I, and I've and i said this, I haven't said this to anybody, but I always want to use it. Do you think that this is a scam where I go around the city showing this shirt, trying to get people to admit that they shrunk the shirt? Right. Jerry just wants this place to admit that they were wrong. He just wants a place to finally admit that they did something wrong. Now, right. of course, we know that because of own liability up to and a stuff, mistake. they will never own up to a mistake if they don't have to. But some companies are big enough where they just do just replace it really quickly because it's right. faster than having to deal with you admitting the, the mistake. Him saying, like, I just want you to admit that you did it. And the cleaner, like... Refuses. No, no. Well, he refuses at first, but then he he leans in and he whispers... We shrunk it. He just, like, he gets, <laughs> so he admits it. And then you get some stand-up about going to the dry cleaner from Jerry. So I think that that whole bit was just to get to that stand-up. Right. I think I, it makes sense, because it was a bit of off-the-beaten-path. Just uh, like our conversation. Yes. Totally off-the-beat path. Yes. So let's, <laughs> so let's keep going. Back at Jerry's apartment, Elaine is complaining about the cats again. And she doesn't understand why people like cats. Is it because they're smart is it because they're clean and she doesn't like animals in her purview. She likes animals, but she doesn't want them around her. And I think that this <laughs> I think that this is consistent with Elaine throughout the series cuz like is. we didn't even talk about when they're ordering lunch and Jerry wants to order the tuna and Elaine stops him because the dolphins get caught in the nets. This that this was a big thing back in the day. Uh, and Jerry complains about it for a second and then he doesn't and he orders something else. And then the second that it goes to George, he goes, ah, the tuna. <laughs> so he doesn't care at all about Elaine's bids to save the tuna. Right. Well, right now, tuna is endangered. Tuna is endangered? Yes. Is that, how can that be true? It is. There's got to be millions there's, of them. There's a shortage right now. All right, whatever. Well, get somebody get the tuna. Why do you say it like that? I'm just saying. I my poor tigers are like are pretty much are at the point of extinction. They're like about to say that they're extinct in the wild. Well, that's sad. How depressing is that? So tuna is endangered now because of idiots. You know, sharks are all endangered because of idiots. (sighs) Again, we uh, another pot for another pot. But, I just think it's um, funny that the tuna are actually endangered, and that's uh, it's part of her bid. It's the dolphin she, part of it. She jokes a little bit about what would a hitman charge to rub out a couple of cats, and they're clearly joking. And and he I says like, so. "Oh, can't be too expensive." And Elaine says, "Maybe she can go over there later and shave them, so that they won't uh, leave the dander on her." Um, <laughs> as someone who is allergic to cats, I've never. I don't have anything against cats other than and other than they. I'm allergic to cats. Well, they're kind um, of jerks. They're just not, yeah, they're kind of jerks. They're just not as friendly <laughs> as a dog. 
They are very, they are self-sufficient. I'll give them that. They are very smart. I've seen cats where, yeah, they're self-sufficient, but they force you to do stuff for them. So I don't know how (laughs) Yeah, because they're smart. They're like, do this. Eh, Harvey does that to me, though, too. But this is a preview for later on when, in the series, where they literally do kind of hire a hitman to rub out a couple of cats. We'll get to that one day. So... Kramer walks in and he's smiling and he shows the paper again because now it's down $1,500. Yeah. And it, this is the point, I think, where Jerry decides he's out. He, he can't do it anymore. He's selling. And because he put 2500 in, it's down 1500 more. So he's out like 4000 bucks at this point. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, see, I know nothing about it. I didn't well, know he was Well, I mean, I think like that's, that... that's the way he's quantifying it. Okay. He's not really down twenty five. He's down... 1500 or whatever he's yeah. not because you can't lose more than you put in that's not, okay um, well i don't know maybe you could maybe you could owe the stock market money. <laughs> you owe them money they come they come and get you if they if you don't if you don't give it i mean you're from the repo want, man yeah you want to see people be really conservative with their money then tell them that if it goes lower than what you put in yeah so kramer is looking with binoculars at the people at the bus stop <laughs> there's a, apparently a hot girl at the bus stop and i do love jerry's like oh yeah and you're exactly what she's looking for too a stranger leering from 10 floors up <laughs> and kramer decides to go talk down to talk to her it's such a kramery move here it is creepy it's totally creepy yes uh but it is very kramer to be like i'm still gonna i'm gonna give it a shot i'm going down there to talk to her it's great george comes in and this is a great little moment of george coming in and he just rolls onto the couch, like from the back end, he just rolls slowly yes. onto the front of the couch. And Jerry asks him if he went to the hospital, and George says he was there for 15 seconds. He's like, well, did you mention Simons? And he's like, yeah, I mentioned Simons. Next thing I do, I was in the parking lot. For a sick guy, he's very strong. <laughs> so Jerry says he's selling, he's taking the loss. And George says he's going down with the ship. So when we come back, Jerry is in Vermont with Vanessa. Yes. It's raining. So now he doesn't have to worry about the stock tip, at least. Right. He's, he he's doesn't no want to longer worry about, about the stocks. Right. He doesn't want to be anxious about it. So he's like, I'm just going to go on this weekend trip with Vanessa. But it's raining. So they don't have anything to do. They ran out of stuff to talk about because they had the road trip there. Yep. And then they're just stuck in this room together now at this bed and breakfast. Sure. And, oh, I did write it here. Maybe this is one of the reasons that he doesn't He won't do this ever again. Yeah. And you get some internal monologue about him trying to figure out exactly what to talk with her about. Because he's like, we've run out of conversations. Um, Which is weird to me. Because I feel like if you're in a relationship or if you like somebody, it's hard to run out. No, 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 no. I agree a little bit. But it's easy to run out of conversation with someone if you don't have everything in common or if you don't have topics to talk about. If they've been dating and they've been seeing each other yeah, and they go on a road trip, so you have the road trip to talk about, uh, to talk, and now you're just stuck at the bed and breakfast, you're going to run out of topics because you're going to run out of catching up and things like that. I, guess. I think I don't know. I I'm married and I never shut up with my husband, so it's kind of one of those things to me. I feel like there's always something to talk about. No, I think that there can be relationships that are, but I, I, 
I think that it's plausible for sure to run out of conversation. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. Maybe I'm just an anomaly then. Cause I just, I don't, I feel like there's usually something to talk about unless you really don't like the person and then there's nothing to talk about. Cause you don't really want to talk. Well, about I think that's what he's finding out too, that maybe they don't really like each other as much as they thought because right. they've run out of stuff to talk about. So now sure. that they're, now there isn't a thing to... And he doesn't like the silence. That's another thing. There's nothing to talk about, but he can't take the quiet. When you're in a relationship, there's a lot of quiet. You're just kind of sitting there with each other. <laughs> with your yeah, own, like, and, and it's not a big deal, because that's just what it is. It's like well, if you were yeah. by yourself together, that's it. It's yeah, fine. I, su I suppose that's true. So I mean, he I've doesn't, like... He, they've run out of conversation, and he doesn't like the silence between them. And he's trying to come up with a topic of conversation, so she won't tell him the kind of perfume that she's wearing. I don't <laughs> know why. Like, it yeah, is, that seems odd. It is one of those things where it's like, why won't she tell me this? So it's, of course, going to piss him off. Because sure. he's like, well, I guess now I can spend the rest of this weekend trying to figure out what perfume that is. Right. He asked somebody for the paper so he can look at the stock and now it's gone way up <laughs> of course and so vanessa's like i told you that the stock market market fluctuates and he's like yeah everyone knows that but i just got fluctuated out of four thousand dollars this is the four thousand dollars okay so it must sense. have went up enough now that he would have made four thousand would have made four yeah so that's why he's out for because he didn't get it right exactly so then vanessa makes the comment of like that's probably why and then trails off so this is one of those passive aggressive things. You're gonna you're telling him off now, but you're forcing the issue because then he's like, "Well, that's probably why what?" And she's like, "That's probably why we're staying here." Now she's kind of insulting the amount of money that he spent to get the bed and breakfast. Oh, uh, well, okay, uh, all right, lady. Here, shut up for a while. Well, I it's think a at bed this point. And breakfast. And it's raining. I'm so sorry it's raining. If I would have spent five grand, it would still be raining. Sorry, it's, it's my well, two I, cents I think, on that one. <laughs> I think this is definitely where they realize that they're done. Right? Yeah. Like they, to your point of not of running out of things to say. You're just looking for little things to be mad at each other right. about. They now. ran out of things to say. They're looking for things to be mad about each other. It's just a lot of, we're done. Tension. Yeah. And, th and this is where Jerry's internal monologue is like, okay, I've only got like, what, 36 more hours of this? <laughs> right. He realizes he's kind of screwed. And then we get the final scene. I feel scene. like at that point, just leave. Just leave early. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. Why not just leave early? Yeah, you're right. I guess unless you can't get that money back. Even would you then... rather not get that money back and just go because there's nothing? have a really nothing... crappy weekend or? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. They should have just left. Back in New York, then, George is... We're, we're at the coffee shop. Yeah. And George has a cigar, made them get a bunch of food. There's a bunch of plates uh, yeah. between the three of them. And he's treating them to the meal. And George is acting like all, you know, big shot, like yeah. high and mighty. He's at, like, yeah, definitely being a big shot here. He's talking to everybody at the at Monks. And he's like, come on, come on, eat something. Get something. Get some more. <laughs> and oh before that we get a call back to superman because george is like maybe if you were with your friend superman could have reversed time gotcha <laughs> gotcha to get out of that weekend gotcha to keep the stock really letting he's jerry like, have it he's, he's uh 
He's twisting that knife a little bit. Too bad you can't get your buddy Superman to fly around the earth at super speed and reverse time. Get all the money back, could have avoided the whole trip to Vermont. Superman can go back in time? We went over that. Yeah, he really is. He really is. He does that a lot. I'm starting to dislike George a little bit. <laughs> George is a stinker. He is a stinker. It's true. Elaine is like, wait, Superman can travel in time? And Jerry goes, we've been over this. <laughs> Which means that there is a scene outside of the show where Jerry is explaining the intricacies. I bet it was when they dated. Superman. I bet it was when they dated. You think so? Yes. Do you think that's that's uh, that led Elaine to be like, okay, I got to get out of this? Cause... No. No, I'm just, I'm thinking that <laughs> it probably came up that he's super into Superman when they dated. Right. And it was one of those things where you're discussing it. I assume that they've probably talked about it as a friendship, but I think she would be more apt to listen about it and a relationship. And he probably oh, would have yeah. gone on a uh, longer tangent. Yeah, then. I suppose that's true. I suppose that's true. Yeah, you're In a right. friendship, she probably... she's going, I don't care. Pa- like... Yes, yeah, you're right. I, I was going to say maybe not, but like, yeah, you're right. Past the point of the friendship phase, she's going to be like, yeah, right for Superman. Like, she's not right? going like, like, okay. to yeah. Well, good for him being able to fly that fast. Like, whatever. <laughs> What we find out is that Wilkinson isn't out of the hospital yet. And George says, you'd be surprised at how long it takes you to recover after a nose job. So that's that's the reason that Wilkinson was in the hospital was for a nose job. Stupid nose job. I feel like nose jobs were a thing, definitely like a 90s thing. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, folks at home. I don't know. But I feel like nose jobs don't get as a lot of play anymore it wasn't no, it's I, not a big deal anymore i, I to well, get mean, a like nose, a, oh to, to get one to like i think it's a pen necessarily to get one i feel like people don't put as much emphasis on oh i have a big nose or something when you get a nose job i don't think, I think it, it depends i think it depends on location okay. and type of people and stuff like that absolutely okay. i think it does i would kind of hope in this day and age and the accept your body phase is that we tend to be going into that it wouldn't be such a big deal anymore to have those features it's supposed to be like a unique thing about you that's what i was taught you have a big nose that's a unique feature you should embrace it embrace it (laughs) i just i I think think... it was a bigger stigma back then well it was either a bigger stigma or it was just in vogue to that people were getting them because we, there's a whole another episode. Botox is a huge thing, too, nowadays. Yeah, Botox. Botox probably was the last Any, Like, there's a lot of things like that. Yeah, I guess but Botox probably was the last beauty thing, plastic surgery-esque thing that was a fad. But I just, I feel like nose job was definitely like the night. And maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it does happen. I don't, have I met people that have had a nose job? I don't know. Right. I guess that's kind of my point. And I don't think I have. Sure. Back then, I think that was kind of the thing to do is to get that nose, that that perfect nose, that nose job. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like, well, you want to plump your lips and you want to put the Botox by your eyes to get rid of crow's feet and all that stuff. We'll we'll, we'll obviously talk more about this when we get to the nose job. And I don't know the name of the episode where where they're real and they're spectacular is. I don't remember what that one might be just called the implant. I don't remember. Probably. I don't, I don't remember what the episode of that one is called. But plastic surgery, maybe it was just more of a thing in the 90s. I don't know. So anyway, 
Elaine then says that she gave her boyfriend an ultimatum to choose between her and the cats. Oh, and well, he can never chose do that with cats. an animal lover. You can never yeah, do that. That's their family. They're telling her, you lost to the cats? And they're like making a big deal about it. And I don't have cats. I don't have pets. But if I did, yeah, I'd choose the pets. Of course. Of course you would. Yeah, I'm sorry. But uh, if you're really truly giving this ultimatum, if it's me or my family member, my pet, get out of here. But again, I think this is a generational thing where this is 30 years ago. And they're whatever that generation, Gen X or a baby boom or whatever generation this group of people is. Yeah. They didn't think about pets the same way that we do. Right. Now. Right. So maybe it is just a generational thing where, I mean, and I know people that probably would say the same thing. No, it's just a pet. But I know people older that would say stuff like that. Yeah. I think you are right about it being a generational thing. But more often than not, people our age, it's like, no, that's part of their family of course the guy chose the cats over yes <laughs> it's the article of millennials are buying houses and with yards for their pets yes yes i am like, of course yeah, i am right. <laughs> yeah of course yeah so i totally understand this guy's point of view and elaine tries to come back and be like well it's not as bad as losing out to a perfume so uh, Jer- that one's weird well because jerry must have told them she wouldn't tell she wouldn't tell me yeah, and I bet that there's a whole off-screen argument discussion. that they must have had. Yeah, an yeah. argument where he kept trying to get the. He name starts of the probably perfume. like searching through her purse, <laughs> trying oh, to this... find the perfume. The whole thing about the perfume could have been an entire Jerry arc in a future. It really could episode. have. It really could have. George brings them both close to the table, and he tells them, "Wilkinson's got a new bite." Tramco out of uh, Springfield. <laughs> They're introducing some sort of robot butcher. <laughs> My God. If you want to get in, there's a little time. And I love how much he thinks he's like this big shot now. Oh, oh yeah. and they, Jerry asks him, like, okay, how much did you make off of this? And he tells him eight grand. So he made eight grand off of this uh, investment. Yeah, pretty good take for Yeah, George I mean, that's there. pretty cool. Yeah. And then, and then he is still cheap because he gives uh, a bunch of money to the waitress, and he's like, "That should cover everything, sweetheart." He calls her sweetheart, which is yeah. such a nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties thing to do. It's a gross um, thing. And he's still cheap though because he like, well, wait a minute, let me look at the. <laughs> and he and takes, he takes like, a, couple a of dollar. Yeah, yeah. If you zoom in, he takes a dollar back. So he's uh, got this big shot, hey, come over here, sweetheart, attitude. And he goes, uh, I'm still cheap. Give me that dollar back. <laughs> That's too much for a tip. Again, pretty much how I would be. Even if I was trying to act like a big shot, I'd still be like, well, I can't give away too much here. <laughs> just, just enough so that people think I'm being a big shot. Oh, my God. So then the final stand-up that we get of the season before the season is over is about being afraid to invest. And again, I don't remember anything about this one. No, he's just saying that people tell him that he needs to let his money work for him. And he goes, you know what? How about I work for my money? Yeah, I'll work for the money. Yeah, and I'll let the money relax, yeah. Which I think, it's the safer route. I agree with him on this one, you know? You don't want the money to do something stupid and you have no control of it. So, but you should do something with it. I'm bad I'm at it, too. That. I'm bad at it, I'm not too. doing it. I refuse. 
Right. <laughs> I'm not investing. <laughs> I can't do that. Are you kidding? Oh boy. Rachel has all of her money. Don't well, tell I guess me I where shouldn't... it is. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's all in gold and it's buried under a tree somewhere. <laughs> or is it? Or is it? There may be a hidden treasure map somewhere in my house. <laughs> the man that kills me will know what to do. <laughs> and that's the end. That's the end of the season of Seinfeld. All five episodes, we have covered it. We did it. Yep. What did you think of the stakeout? You, uh, no, you said it again, Kevin. You just said the stakeout. <laughs> what did you think of the stock tip? I'm not a big person that likes stocks and stuff so it kind of to me that was the background the stock part was the background plot to me and i wanted to know more about going on this this vacation and i wanted to know more about the cat so it wasn't a good episode to me just because i'm not into the stock market stuff and i felt like i know that's a whole episode and like the arch but i was more interested in the background actually you know, I didn't think about it that way until you just said it. Oh. And I think that it is that those, the other, the being stuck on the weekend yeah. and the cat situation would have been better episodes. Yeah. With than just the stock, the stock stuff in the background. Yeah. It's just in the background there. All of a sudden, George makes eight grand. That would have been funny as that a That could have been George's thing. art. Yeah. 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 I kind of wonder if, the, if the folks at home do a little rewrite, do a little spruce up with the characters that they become and just kind of redo this episode, see how it would turn out. I don't know what Kramer's arc would be. Uh, I guess it could be the same thing. Where Something he, with he that woman a... in the ba- that bus, that oh, bus yes, lady right. woman. The woman. No, no, no. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. Oh, here we he go. He secretly invests in it, even though he's been talking it yes. down. And then he takes out the woman from the bus. Yes, and him and George the... like. Yeah, and then he <laughs> takes the woman to the bed and breakfast, and they have a really good time. Ooh, like that's oh, the I end like of the episode. That. Where like Kramer and, comes oh, back, or, and, and like, Kramer and him back. see each other at the or yes. like yeah. Or Kramer comes back, and the last scene is like, oh, yeah, we just got back from Vermont. We had a really good time. He has some, they, like, They went Quaker a different outfit. weekend. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. They went the weekend after Jerry and had right, a really exactly. great time. Oh, yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. See, that's so a good So there you plot. go. We've got, we've got, we got, we got one! We figured out a new one. We got a new episode. But, but yeah, so that being said, we've done it. We've gone through all five episodes of Seinfeld. It was a journey unto itself. Yes. And just as we did, I don't know, again, where you're putting this in, but as we do when we get to the end of the season, mm-hmm. we should rank the overall season. We'll, exp- we'll say if the overall season has shelf life or not and rank the episodes individually as well. I can go first unless you want. Do you want to shoot for it? Or should we, who wants to go first? <laughs> so, uh, you want, well, all right, okay, we'll shoot, we'll shoot for it. Whoever loses has to go first. Ready? You want odds or evens? I want evens. Okay, you want you add evens. I got evens. I got odds. All right. Okay, ready? Hold on. I gotta stretch for a second. Apparently the dog wanted in. Okay. Okay. Ready? One, two, three, One, two, shoot! Three, shoots! I can't see yours. Oh. <laughs> what okay. do you got? You got evens? It's a two. Yeah, I got evens. Okay, it's fine. Mine. I'll go first. <laughs> okay 
So, as per usual, I will start this 5 to 1. <sighs> well, let me... I don't think I can do that. But go on. Okay, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Because I'm going to... I'm going to just say this. I'm going to say this. This is... This season gives me warm feelings. There's a lot of nostalgia that I feel with this season. Yes. Individually, I don't think any of the episodes make the shelf. No. They're fine. There's nothing bad about any of these episodes. There's good parts about them. There's some good conversation. If I were to individually say, oh, I'm going to put this episode on the shelf or something like that, I don't think I would do that with any of them individually. Because nothing about it is super good. Nothing is like, oh, wow, that's great. But as a season, I'm going to say it makes the shelf. I think it has shelf life as a season, as a yeah. just kind of forming what Seinfeld is and, and little moments along the way. Yeah. And if you're buying the DVDs, which we will always recommend, you don't buy the DVD by itself. You don't buy just season one. You get season two as well. So it's not like you really have to make that choice. If you're buying it digitally, you probably can just buy season one. I think you can buy individual episodes, too, but... Yeah, you can buy individual episodes, too. I don't know if I would buy any of these. I would just enjoy it in syndication, maybe. Right. Although, we haven't even gotten into the politics associated with the syndication rights, because you know how we, I don't want to get political. But, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, you only get... You get season one and season two as a package, unless you buy the okay. individual seasons. So maybe it's just like a, you know, see watch it when it's on TV. I okay. don't know. Let me try a ranking, though. And I'm going to get this wrong, and if you were to ask me on the street a week from now, I'd have a different ranking because it's all about how I feel and how, how the conversations went between you and I, too. Sure. we've gone through it, I think it's probably affected my ranking. I'll start with number five. At number five, I have the pilot. It's just because it's a little weird. I think that there are good moments in it. It doesn't upset me to watch it. It doesn't feel un-Seinfeld-y. It's just probably the weak one. I don't think it's the weakest episode of Seinfeld. It's just the weakest episode of this season. Yeah. At number four, I have the stock tip. Yeah. Nothing crazy about this one. Like We just said how we thought we could make the episode better. So again. Right. At number three, I have male and bonding. I think that there's some good moments in this one too. Yeah. But overall, it's just kind of here episode. Sure. Number two, I have the robbery. That one yeah. scene that we talked about, I think, kind of boosts it and allows it to be at the top. And again, I think our conversation about it probably elevated it just now. And number one, I have the stakeout. I like the dynamics of the stakeout. I yeah. like the way that these characters are interacting with each other. I like Elaine and Jerry's interactions. I like George trying to do the art vandalay and being a liar and then being bad Absolutely. at being a liar. I think that's the strongest they've it had. It has a lot of moments. Yeah, and I think it's the strongest that they are in this season. So that's how I would rank them. But again, I don't think any individual episode makes the shelf. But as a season, because of the warm and fuzzies, I gotta yeah. let season one make the shelf. It's got, sure. It has shelf life. It has shelf life. Well, I have to agree with you on your ranking and your thoughts on it. Because it's... <laughs> no, I'm, I am dead serious. So for me, that first one, they weren't really themselves because it was the pilot, so none of them were right. really in their skin yet, so it just didn't feel like Seinfeld for me. So yeah, I think it also is the weakest. And then I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to agree with you that it goes uh, the stock, well, the stock tip, mail and bonding, robbery, and then stakeout. Yeah. We, we... <laughs> Which is literally just going backwards from the season, pretty much, but still. 
I really liked all the characters in the stakeout. I liked how, like, there was a lot of character development that, like, I love Elaine, so I love that she got, like, that was, sure. she was brought It is, it is a very episode. Elaine, yeah, it's a very Elaine episode. Yeah. And so I really liked that one as my top for the season. But it is, it's to me, it's about the moments, it's about the, the jokes that I remember and all of that that keeps season one on the shelf. Okay. So we are in agreement. So put... See, put put it on the big board. Put it on our shelf. Let's turn and raise it. Uh, that's what we need to do, like a ra- like a ceremony where we place it oh on the gosh. shelf. <laughs> so season one of Seinfeld oh, is up on the sh- maybe you have to make put a music cue or something. <laughs> uh, it goes on the shelf. So there you go. We've done another one, and we're just cruising through. We've only got a, a couple more here to go through. No, yeah, that's. For Crazy. season one, or series one, collection number one, whatever you right. want to call it. So with that being said, I will say uh, it's been great talking about nothing. I hope that you've all enjoyed our journey through the first season of Seinfeld and our journey through nothing. <laughs> and we've got a couple more for you here on the first season. Rachel, any parting words? Well, what's the deal with having to say something why do you have to, Why do you have to say goodbye? <laughs> Just say you're done. Why is it so awkward? Just say goodbye. <laughs> so with that, I am Kevin. And I'm Rachel. This has been Shelf Life. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Got any meat? <laughs> meat? I, I don't know. Go hunt. <laughs>